Ooh, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1, and of course, Smiley's Gardens, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 331, The Wormhole. How you guys doing? How you doing? It's an amazing episode today, Smiley. I want to get that off the, my chest right off the, the get, man. Great episode. Man. And don't hold that weight I don't down, know man. how you keep sourcing these amazing guests, but uh, you do. Oh, dude, Josh is cool as shit, man. I, honestly, it's, uh, yeah, that was just one great guest that stumbled across, really. So, doing some cool shit. And uh, I actually came across them for a different reason, but yeah, it's cool. That's just great about the community, man. There's a plethora of people out there doing cool shit, you know? That's for sure. I've actually tossed around today throwing the. Throwing the the show on Vimbo, Vimeo, Vimeo, which is another platform like this, but uh, I guess it's kind of like Twitch as well. But I'm, I'm considering throwing the show up there as well, trying to spread this out as far as I can. You know what I mean? To uh, to open up the community as far and as wide as I can. You muted. <laughs> Still muted. <laughs> that was like a dollar in the jar. That wasn't even a quarter there. <laughs> He had to say it twice. I'm all messing around in chat, not even realizing that's funny. I forgot what I was even fucking saying. Oh, some shit. Gotta love it. Makes me feel better. Makes me feel better. Not the only stoner. (laughs) I am uploading that, Jack. Right as we speak. That trailer. I think I'm gonna make that like the header on my page so that comes up like the first thing you see is that commercial for the show. That's badass. Godzilla. He is. Am I the astronaut that farts though? (laughs) Is it the astronaut? I actually didn't see the astronaut until like the second run. I actually thought it was her that farted. That was like that's <laughs> that would have been better yet. <laughs> so funny. Jack Greenstock in chat. How you doing, man? Lucky Mike. I didn't even change his name in the shout outs list. I just know it's Lucky Mike. I mentally changed. to bring up another window here to see if I can figure out what's going on on the YouTube there with that video while we're talking. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Only shows 15 seconds. Lucky Mike, it's on my Instagram right now. I'm working on posting it up. It says it's ready to be watched. It is, yeah. YouTube. I watched it on YouTube already. I gave thumbs up to it just a minute ago. So it's posted. 
Man, I'm hoping that uh, that shit posted. And YouTube says I'm already up to 988 videos. It's only saying 15 seconds. The only thing I can think of is for some reason, maybe when you got the helms, did you like, I don't know, try to bring up the page and maybe you hit. Well, no, because you watched the it. only options Why? up. Yeah. The only options in the box are view link and then stop. Yeah. Yeah, stop stream live stream. That didn't happen. You could have clicked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck the deal is. Got to be something. <coughs> Maybe it's just still uploading, like you say. Hopefully, it'll yeah, pop the, up. The, that was a good show. Right on. I I I'm dumbfounded to be honest with you. I don't even know how it could possibly not be there. Yeah, we'll play it by ear, see how it goes. Hopefully, I don't know. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure Intergalactic's going to want to share that with his friends and stuff, too, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's already saying I can download the 15 seconds. <laughs> but, uh... Thanks. <laughs> Bumble through the stupid intro, right? That's funny. That is really weird. Cheers, everybody in chat. That's Jack Greensock waiting. I didn't even see you. Let me get my live chat, live chat on. Live chat. Live chat. Don't get stuck in the top. What's up, Jack? How's it going? Wasn't top. <laughs> What's up? Give me a second. I'll get my video going here. <clears throat> How you guys doing? Good, man. Good, good. Wednesday night. I missed the organic takeover tonight. I was having dinner with uh, Lady Greenstock, and by the time I looked, I couldn't find it on the YouTube. Yeah, that's what we're running across, Jack. It didn't. Uh, it posted only like 15 seconds, and we don't know why. That's what I was trying to figure out myself yeah it's weird because the people watched it live so it's not like unless i don't know hopefully i didn't screw something up closing it out or something i think it'll show up usually somewhere it, yeah usually it transfers over nice and easily but i don't know what the heck happened tonight Yeah, it's just cool. It's a cool concept, man. I think uh, a lot of other bigger cities too, like Detroit, start. You know, if there's places in uh, other states and other big cities that are doing something similar, you know, what I mean, that whole movement could spread. Pretty cool. It's I like, think uh, last last night was a great episode too with uh, Chef Anna with the pot. Yeah. Dude's got a lot of exposure really uh like the positivity and 
just uh, open honesty and getting a lot of people into growing and having some success. So I'm happy for them. It was great to see them on the show. My wife knew their page for, for a long time ago. We've seen them giving away weed at Walmart and uh, growing the plant on their desk at work. And uh, just a great, great watching last night. That was one of my favorite parts to grow on the plant. That's your desk. That's fucking badass. It's cool to know the inside now that like he kind of saw the writing on the wall like other people were getting fired around him like without warning so he's kind of like yeah fucking see how long i can get away with this for and probably (laughs) would have gotten let go either way and uh just took it played to their advantage because i mean as a marketing person they realized that has to be like probably one of the most viral videos or things that they've done on instagram i'd imagine that and giving away the weed and cannabis or cannabis and uh walmart and stuff yeah I'm going to fill up my water. I'll be right back, boys. Some of those are funny, the people's reaction when they, fucking, hey, man, you got to drop this. <laughs> it's like, Grandma, hey, Grandma, you just dropped this. It's your weed. What you talking about? <laughs> like, no, man. Someone will smell it and be like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, that's my weed. Damn right. <laughs> I love that shit. It's Free weed. There's nothing better than free weed, too. Nothing better than free weed. Weed you grew plus. Everybody likes their own brand. Nothing better than free weed other than uh, free seeds. I'm going to start this wormhole off with a little giveaway. A little Velvet Punch F2. If you want a pack. USA only or uh, international people. I'll have to send it to Eagle and he can take care of business with international folks if Eagle's open to that. Why not? It seemed like we had a small crowd when I jumped in. We only had like 12. I'm sure it's risen since uh, we've been going for a little while now. People have probably found the stream and probably got a few more than that, but probably at least like one through 100 or one through 150, I'd guess. I'm still a little laggy. I only hang 28 hanging at the end. 28 is still great. 28 people, though. 28 great people. Yeah, zero to it's 100. all good company. Zero to 100. I got a number picked out in my head already. I'm going to type it in the uh, Zoom chat for you guys to see. Man, how bad did I talk about fucked up uh, starts to the show? Did you watch the the beginning of the Chef Dana one? That yeah, fucking missing it. Monday night, missing Monday night had me all fucked up. First of all, I thought it was Sunday. Then I caught myself and I thought it was Monday. Then after the words were left my mouth i'm thinking you're an idiot it's fucking tuesday and shit <laughs> i was totally <laughs> like hope you had a good weekend i mean good start to your week i mean <laughs> it didn't Did it we? didn't come across that ah, bad <laughs> totally he jumped right in and just terrible. took it over and uh you guys had a great show despite that so i think it was a uh, it was goofy, but at the same time, no one's going to hold it against you. 
Sometimes it happens in like the Oh shit! Right. Did we ever say start in the chat? I no. forgot about the. No, giveaway. I'm still lining it up. Yes. Okay, okay. Officially, officially start right now, guys. Minute and thirty. Nothing counts until after the start. So if you already guessed, re-put it in there. You guys will have to watch the chat because I'm on my phone. I can't see the YouTube chat. Oh, got nailed. You already got nailed. Yeah. 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 Bacon shake, baby. Bacon with shake, baby. Are they in the U.S. or are they yeah. international? Yeah, it is. Me, I believe. Yes. Right around me. Oh well, hell yeah! Then tell uh, baked with shake, baby. DM me on Instagram or email me jackgreenstock47 at gmail.com and uh, get me your address and I'll send them out tomorrow. Get you a couple packs of Velvet Punch F2. F3s are on the way. So if you like them, I'll send you F3s if you grow them. That's the stipulation. You got to grow the F2s first. Eagle grew the F2s. One warning is they do have the tendency to herm. I'd say light leaks are a likely cause. And also, like if you don't prune the bottoms, uh, the American one had one out of like four. Um, and that'd be like the only cause that I would uh, imagine because they other otherwise look super healthy and happy. And uh, sometimes cookies, which is in the lineage, um, tends to do that if you don't defoliate the bottom parts of the plant that aren't getting as much light or airflow or whatever the case may be. If it's not, un if it's unhappy at the bottom, it'll start to throw nanners down there. Uh, so Munda nuts. From Munda nuts, exactly. <laughs> that's that Girl Scout cookie. It's got some Thin Mint cookie in it. And that I'm almost positive comes directly from that genetic. I, people say that Thin Mint is related to the Forum cut. I think that they might be actually different strains, but both of those cuts do the exact same thing as far as uh, that unfortunate side effect is concerned. But I will say six or seven other testers have grown them out, several different phenos, and haven't had Hermes. So there's a good likelihood that you'll find some stable stuff and uh, a lot of fire, super greasy, uh, crazy hash producers. <clears throat> All of them make tons of dry sift or bubble hash. They smell like grapes and kind of fuel, gasoline. And I think uh, by this time, everybody's probably gotten their guests in. There's only 20-ish of you here. Uh, so cheers to everybody here in the chat. I'm smoking yeah. on. I don't even remember what I'm smoking on. So I guess it must be good. It must be good. I'm rolling up some Tuscadero. I haven't smoked in a minute. Got nothing on my tray. I don't even know where the fuck my tray is at the moment. Oh, are you? What have you done with Eagle Gardens? Who is this imposter? I think it mine's actually cake mix crossed with Legend OG, like not the actual strains, but like a mix of both those on my tray that got mixed together. Cheers, Richard Land. I always love seeing the new names. Add it to the list. It's like me with my second print. For 50 strains of green, I've got to make a second list because so many people are like, damn, I missed out. I didn't get a copy. Can I get one on the second print? So I got a, a better, uh, more local printer. And I'm already in the process of uh, getting that second print done. So I'm taking pre orders already. No monetary, just like a, if you want one, all you need to do is DM me that you're committed. Uh, should I guess I got one over there. I don't want to pour it out every single time I come on the show, but. Eagle just got his. Smiley, I believe, has gotten his. 
And uh, I really am proud of myself for going through the process of actually making that book happen that Smiley's holding up right there. And uh, happy belated birthday to Eagle. I'm glad has finally arrived. It was a long time coming in the mail for him and many others in Michigan. That snow delayed shit quite a lot. Can't thank you enough, man. I'm glad to have it in hand and uh, honored to have it. That's for sure. That is for sure. Proud of you, brother. Proud of you. Can't wait to see what comes from the future. I just finished picking the strains for 50 strains of purple. Finally got the 50th. It's Barry Lights is number 50. I was like looking through my list and I was like, I told Kinio I was going to put Barry Lights in there. And I was scrolling through my photos and my camera reel, like trying to figure out some strains that I've had recently that were purple and uh, figuring out which strains they were. And then I realized, oh, shit, I grew that. It was like on my tray, grounded up. And it was just really nice purple. And I was like, oh, that's Barry Lights. And I'm like, I went through my list and I realized, oh, fuck, I didn't add Barry Lights yet. So that took the number 50 spot. So now I got to go through and all that information that you see, like the breeder, uh, flowering time, uh, aroma, and all that other stuff. I have to fill that out, write my little story for each one, get all the photos, and then format. So I'm looking forward to it, though. It's fun to write. Did you contact everybody that uh, was you put in the book there and let them know that you were in the book? They were in the book? I should do that. I haven't. <laughs> but uh, I should do that, to be honest. Yeah, you got to contact them, Jack, and then tell them if they want a copy of the book they can where they can buy one. Well, here's the thing. A lot of them are, unfortunately, passed. Oh, all right. Just, a lot of them. Well, like... And, tight's case there i i was like man i wonder if he knows he's in a fucking book i think he would be honored i should reach out to him and you know i i think I, i'll fucking hit him up the one thing was i had like a weird interaction with me and gene like he's like cool yeah like love to be in it and then like never really heard back from them it's like hey man i need it by x amount of time you know just a few photos of this strain or any information you'd like to share about it. And like after initially agreeing upon it and like me waiting for months and months, I was like, uh, I understand he's busy. He's got better shit to do. So I featured him, but it was just like photos that I could gather myself and uh, stuff that I found online and then my own personal experience and information on it. But big respect to me and Gene. I mean, fucking winning Emerald Cups, he's a busy ass dude. <laughs> And Smiley, I think, has got some of his work over there. The Sky Color Kush F3, I think. You have a male of that they wanted to do some work with. And I would advise you to. He's got amazing genetics and has done tons of great work. But, um, dude, the process of just getting everyone the book has been so overwhelming. Uh, I didn't think I was even going to sell 100 copies. So to sell 150 and now to have another 25 people already saying, like, hey, I want one of the second print. And that was within the last 12 hours. Like, I just posted earlier today like hey is anybody interested a few people have said they want you know a copy that didn't get one so i'm gonna go through the process of printing more and uh i thought i was gonna wait until 50 strains of purple came out like later this year but if there's demand you gotta fucking give it to the people right if people want books they should have them you're on oprah jack just wait till you get out from oprah's show you're gonna be selling out dude i'm thinking about going on a future cannabis project and they have fifty thousand subscribers and i just like I, I, should, I might have an editor go through it and do like the second edition before I fucking pop on there. But Peter is he's super cool. He's had me on in the past just for random shit here and there. So I'm sure he wouldn't mind having me on and that would probably boost sales. But 
I want to kind of, I wanted to get it to the, my like homegrown target audience, like the people that I really connect with that like we have, I have a relationship with these people. Like I've helped a lot of them grow or I hang out with them in the chats. So like my friends at this point, if I haven't met them in person, like I'm going to in the future, come visit most of you, all the international people, like I want to visit them for sure. And all the people in the U S that'll be even easier. I could drive to you fucking make it happen. We're all going to hang out someday. Oh, I met uh, fucking Josh, uh, Josh LaCroix, the dude, uh, he had the double lung transplant. Him and uh, Sub were close, but he uh, came and my wife and I got to meet his wife. And uh, man, couldn't have been a cooler dude. Like I was stoked when I saw his episode. He seemed like just a great person. And when I met him in person, he very, very generously gifted me like six grams of FSO, the full spectrum uh, oil or RSO, some people call it, um, which I was not expecting at all. Like we just, I told him, hey, like if you're in the area, I'd love to meet you and took some. And so uh, we ended up hanging out for a while. I showed him my grow, the lights came on like 20 or 30 minutes after he got there. And I gave him some seeds, uh, Velvet Punch F2s, like uh, whoever just won them. I can't remember. So make sure you DM me. <laughs> I don't know if I've gotten it yet. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten it yet from whoever. Baked with shake, baby. Yeah. Haven't gotten that DM yet, so make sure you hit me up or email. You might have emailed me, and I just uh, haven't checked. Apparently, it's nice to buy velvet. So it's what I said. Apparently, it's nice getting punched by velvet. So, <laughs> well, everything that's crossed the purple punch apparently has to have a punch at the end of the name. I didn't name it originally. This is my buddy, uh, Doja is DNA. True? Is that true for banana punch too? Because there's a few of them with punch that I don't think were purple punch line, right? <clears throat> no, I think you're right. I think uh, Med Grower used the banana punch for his um, whatever eagle is growing the V2 that has the banana, you know? Primal punch. Primal punch. But I wasn't sure uh, if banana punch was actually had purple punch in its lineage too, though, you know what I mean? Like sometimes there's. I think it does. I think it does. I think it's banana OG cross the purple punch. Hmm. I could be wrong. That's cool. I'm going to make a punch. Dude, too. It's purple bad. punch packs so much resin. It's insane. <laughs> like, it's one of the frostiest plants I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of frosty plants, but purple punch is definitely up there. I just got baked the shake. Thank you for DMing me. I got it. I actually just cracked some of my uh, my first purple punch cross. So I just put them in the in the um, root riots the other day. I did that in the uh, the high max by Skywalker. Uh, uh, what was the punch cross? Purple punch cross. I'll specify. Uh, high max. I I took multiple high max males and I hit the bone of the purple punch. With, uh, so it's kind of. Um, a range of the high max genetic to the one clone of the purple punch I have. Have you ever flowered that punch, or are you just pollinating it to see what offspring you can no, kind of create? This purple, I know this purple punch pretty well. I've, I've been running it multiple cycles. Nice. Yeah, it's one I'm familiar. That was kind of my thought, Jack, is like trying to prove out males. You know, like like I'm going to hit some of I'm hitting four ones that I know. I, you know, I mean, I've run them a number of times. I got a good pulse on how they grow in veg, how they do in flower. So, yeah, and, and they're pretty steady. Like like the GG4, I, I got pretty good 
you know, understanding what that brings to the table with the ghost of the, the purple punch and, and the Skywalker. So I've actually just uh, started smoking some of the high mag, uh, the girl females that I hunted down. And uh, I'm pretty excited, man. They could be some fire shit. What was the cross on the high mac? Is it high school sweetheart to mac or? It's high school sweetheart to mac stomper, and mac stomper is a uh, grape stomper OG to the mac. Yeah. Okay. I got that mac stomper too. That's the one that um, Jeremy from Build the Soil just did his little side, side by sides. Look fire. He's been killing it. I really like uh, all the stuff that he's doing. I like. I hate to be such a fanboy, but it's hard to like dislike him. He's like showing you how to grow food in the tents. He's showing people how to grow dank in the tents. Like, do you want to do it in a 15 gallon pot, a 30 gallon pot, an earth box? Like, you can fucking do it anyway. Like, fucking not not too complicated. Water only, like, or a few things here and there. And he even showed like the organic nutrient that organics alive, like how much more you can get or what kind of differences. Big ups to uh, build a soil. I, I got some build a soil shit right behind me. I got some rice hulls and uh, some pumice aeration. Good shit. Yeah, it is good. No, I, I like Jeremy a ton, man. I actually, uh, I just kind of posted a, a bit of a question on one of his on one of his posts on Instagram that got a lot of attention. But uh, I don't know. It was all good, though. I thought it was all good conversation. I don't think any of it went bad. People were, you know, back and forth. But there definitely were some different opinions about stuff. And it was cool. It was cool hearing everybody be able to communicate it and express what their opinions were and why. And that was it. You know, that wasn't, that's cool. You gotta love when people can just cordially share their opinions and not every, everyone knows like, okay, well, that's their way of doing it. That's how they feel about it. Uh, this is how I feel. And like, it's up to the people you end up like seeing usually however many people like a certain thing it could be they like that person or they agree with that message or whatever but everybody's got a different way of doing it i try different shit all the time like i heard jeff lowenfeld say like don't ever remove a leaf from the plant like i, I tried that a couple times i heard uh coot talking about not topping plants and i've tried not topping plants a bunch of times now i used to think like fuck why would i not top a plant it just like immediately increased your production in my opinion like really quickly and like it shapes the plant really easily but if you just mess around with a little bit of low stress training and never top it, and it's kind of interesting. Like I wonder, I never do a side by side because obviously, like if you're just gonna take it from seed and go low stress training the entire time through flower, you're not gonna have a side by side of that versus like a topped version of it. But I don't know. It's fun to experiment with different shit always and, and you, see you what get works. a better feel for what what happens. You know, what I mean, like you you don't really know. You can watch all the videos you want on monster cropping. But you don't really know what that stem feels like when it when it's ready to be bent over and you're you know what i mean when you're squeezing it until you do it enough times then you kind of get a feel for it you know and then, and then you fuck it up and you go oh, that ain't the way to do it and i still break a few here and there i got my painter's tape uh nearby yeah. it usually fixes it up but sometimes they're just a little too woodsy they don't like to snap and bend you know what i mean they just mm -hmm. break like you said there jack not only, not always as easy as it seems, or what you'd expect. The They'll scar right up, though. They'll scar right over and heal up, and then that's always like the frostiest fucking branch, like <laughs> without fail every time. I'm like, damn, that branch like got split, and like you tie it back together with whatever. Like you got 
sometimes like it used to be when I would pop the plant, it, uh, I think Miss Nudie Gross calls it like a plant vagina, like when it fucking splits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you top it and it's going like right down the middle and you yeah, split like, that stalk yeah. right down the middle. And some people like use, I don't know, uh, pipe cleaners or all sorts of random shit to like tie it back together. But yeah, I've seen a bunch of things and it ends up, cannabis is a resilient plant and uh, it ends up living through it. And often you don't even notice, like unless you told somebody, chances are they wouldn't notice about that plant unless they like thoroughly investigate it. So it's definitely a fun plant. I'll never stop growing it. <laughs> Fuck, that's for damn sure. I just I, uh, somebody did that, Jack, where they split the stem like you were talking, and then they put a gemstone in the center there, and when they taped it back up, so like, yeah, the stem was kind of like growing around this gemstone. I was like, that's gonna be kick ass when they fucking harvest that, right? Like, that'll be cool as fuck. It will be super cool. Yeah, I've seen people do shit like that where they like uh, <laughs> some the one dude Savage DWC would put like Lego guys like in the middle of like his stems. He'd like stab like a a screwdriver through and then like he'd like bust it apart and like put like a little lego guy like hanging in there and like all sorts of crazy shit <laughs> but yeah the plant's super resilient some people swear that that like increases the potency i've seen some people go as like minimal as like a thumbtack like thumbtacking like just sticking it in there or like poking a bunch of little holes all around the base of the stem making it think it's like being attacked by a, a pest of some sort um i think there's you never know. I mean, it's always fun to fuck around and you're spending time with the plant while you're in there. You'll probably notice something that you might not have noticed otherwise and potentially save your ass, which happens more often than you think, Oh, that timer is a little unplugged. So it's not spinning properly or fucking there's a bunch of dead leaves down there that I didn't notice that I need to clean up or prune or, you know, there's always something to do every time you look in the grill or sometimes just sitting in the mire with fucking sip growing, check to see if there's any water down that hole and, Admire your beautiful ass plants. <laughs> yeah, you missed the show, so you didn't catch the. We talked about some of that watering stuff. <laughs> it's great, man. I've been loving it. I, everybody I see trying it is like, dude, I'm having great results. So I'm like, hey, man, it's fucking hard to uh, argue against it. I, I used to be a big top watering advocate. Like, man, it needs some level of top watering, but I'm like, now with the sips. And Green 13 even says he'll peel up his thing and, like, water the top to, like, even it out. I notice there's pockets that, like, right towards the edge are a little drier. But if I reach my hand in that center, even when it's bone fucking dry, the top of that topsoil is damp. Like, super damp. And there's, like, a good hyphae and there's, like, living shit in there. I see the little, uh, I think it's hypoapsis, miles. They might have changed the name. But there's some other uh, natural soil mites and shit in there. So, I don't know. It, fucking works you get the right mix in there you're like shit this works out so and it grows fast as fuck like i used to grow in cocoa and it grows just as eagle saw his side by side is a really good example the earth box can keep up with cocoa and i think cocoa is one of the fastest ways to grow like almost as fast as dwc if you do it right and uh potent bonic steve Potent Ponic Steve claims that they get like three or four inches of growth per day on some of their mother plants using that dual root zone aquaponics. They're doing that. I don't know anybody getting more growth than that in any sort of situation. So they're like trying to get as many clones as possible out of their mothers. And to get that many inches of growth in vegetation, it's like pretty damn impressive, healthy plants. And every video I've seen of his operations, like they've got that real dialed in. Like that's 
a level above me. I like to watch their shit and like follow it loosely from the side, but I know aquaponics is probably a level uh, I'm probably never going to venture into, but I think it's really cool to watch and observe. It'd be interesting if it was worth worth the extra investment you know like i know scott's or steve's all about it and i and that's awesome you know i mean we need that but the uh but at a certain point if there's not a you know a noticeable benefit like like you have to noticeably be like this is above and beyond because of the infrastructure you're going to put into trying to do that that part of it you know the fish it's like I don't know. That's a lot of extra work, a lot of extra mechanics, a lot of extra shit going on, you know? And that's my hang up is you have to learn so much more knowledge. That's not cannabis plant related. It's like to run a proper ecosystem. And one of those tanks, like a breeder, Steve, he's got like fucking crazy shit going on with his, where he has like mini alligators and shit and certain ones that down what? in Columbia. Yeah. This dude's not alligator. I think it's some sort of other uh, predator in there. Cayman. Is that what they're, they're... Cayman. Yeah. yeah so that he's got crazy shit it's not just like a bunch of fish in a fucking you know swimming pool like huddled together like fucking knocking up against each other like some people just do tilapia some people just do one fish and like then you can sell the fish to fish markets and there's like other side business but like my focus personally if like my dream grow or like what i would go into would just be to be focusing on like the plants keeping the plants in the soil as healthy as possible at all times monitoring for pests keeping the environment dialed in, making sure your equipment's all functioning properly and just uh, making the best selections in your pheno hunts and doing things like that. Where if I'm thinking about like what my fish are eating, that's time that I'm not spending like doing plant related objectives in my opinion. And like, I think they probably grow fire. Like what he talks about with the microbial, it's more diverse than even like the worst, they always say the worst aquaponic soil is more diverse than like even the best living soil. Um, with just traditional like land-based inputs I'll say yeah. so it has me curious but also like I haven't seen in the results enough of a difference between that and like living soil grown or even just really fucking good hydro <laughs> like or co cocoa whatever yeah yeah no doubt so you, Eagle can we see the earth box plants or I haven't seen them and I miss them No, Still he's messing. muted. They're barren. They're stripped right down to nothing but buds. You don't want to see them. They're stripped right down to nothing but buds and sticks. What? what You'd be like, what? What the fuck happened to my earth boxes? That's what you would think. No, it ain't. What, what day are you at in flower? They got to be around 28 or I don't know. I don't write that shit down. Oh, that's right. It's not a tester. I don't write that shit down. We got to go back through the video journal and figure that out. Right on. <laughs> You're like mid-flower. It looks done. It's done when it looks done. That's what I, I don't. No, I just it's curious. all the same watering process. I don't change things up for you know what i mean for the schedule when i see she's coming home i just lessen up on everything <clears throat> start water and just water sometimes a little bit of molasses in there as well 
I'm not writing anything down. I can tell by the look of the plant when I should start to flush. I sort of feel you on that. Like I, I have a photo and I wrote it down in my notes somewhere, but like I'm not looking at that daily. I couldn't tell you what exactly day or week of flower I'm in right now with the velvet punch. I'm just letting them ride. I know that they got pollinated when the male was ready and that they're not ready to be harvested yet. So what matters to me is making sure I keep that res full of good water and uh, keep the plants happy, you know, keep the environment dialed in. No, I understand all that. Like I plan my next rows though. So like, yeah, I mean, like having an idea of what window time frame you're going to be looking to harvest kind of helps for. Oh yeah, for sure. Spacing out. Like when, you're, you know, like if you're trying to do two weeks in between, you want to kind of know when you're going to start the next two week cycle, right? Move the next. Yeah. Level. I've been delaying. I should have popped seeds probably a few weeks ago. I, I know like the actual proper timing to like get the maximum number of harvest per year. I just sometimes am motivated to start right on the right time. And other times I'm like, yeah, I'll give myself a week or two to clean up and, you know, settle and take care of the, I don't trim, but like post-processing, getting all the soil prepared and uh, taking the plants out and doing what you got to do. <laughs> I'm just reading. I it. think they want, to oh, sorry, go ahead. they want to see the naked girls. <clears throat> That's funny. I was going to say, Chef Anna had a really good point about the herbs now is the DJ thing. How a bunch of people talk shit on new school DJs. Oh, you don't got any records. You're not a real DJ. You're not spinning shit. And they bust out a laptop and fucking rock a show. And like even big DJs at this point, some of them don't bring actual records. They digitally perform their entire sets. So things change and like people at the very beginning are often like, that's bullshit. That's not the real shit. This is how we've done it for years. Like you're not doing it right. And with the herbs now, it's kind of like it's new tech. People are going to hate on it. Like they're going to say it's the wrong way. And this is how we've done it for years, blah, blah, blah. But a bunch of people are super fucking happy with it. And I'll say this, cannabis people are like the pickiest of all people. Like with reviewing shit, they'll tell you if they don't like something. <laughs> so there'd be a lot of like really, really bad reviews out there. If the device really did fuck up your weed. I think like there's a few people who are like, uh, it didn't work perfectly or I didn't get it right just my first time. But most people are like, I fucking love this thing. <laughs> like there's like hundreds oh. of those. No, I think, I think there's definitely benefit, Jack, especially, yeah, I mean, a lot of, that's that's one of the hardest parts a lot of people struggle with is, is drying properly. So, yeah, if you're, if you're not, you know, in a good rhythm or process of having a good dry process, that might be a really easy alternative to kind of turn to. I just, I mean, on a bigger scale, I just, I don't know, I don't see. Bigger scale, I, I agree. It's, it's more difficult. Dry, you know. But I'll say this, it's not even like a, um, if you can't do it right, because like I have a curador, it keeps it 60-60. I did two harvests side by side where I cleared out the entire curador so I could hang dry a plant with inside the curador, kept it 60 degrees and 60 RH. Everybody says 14 days. Sometimes I push it a little longer toward trying to get it just in that perfect window. The herbs now gets your shit ready way sooner. And it, in my opinion, produces a better product. So like, instead of having to wait 14 days and then, you know, bag it or jar it and then wait another month until it's at a proper cure 
I've dried it in 96 to like 115 hours, which is like four to five days. And then one week in the jar cured. It's perfect. Like it's already perfect smoke after seven plus five, like 12 days. <laughs> so by the time the other one's still hanging, I've got perfectly cured smokable butt. And like, it's, it's not a rush. I'm ha happy to wait for it if it was actually better, if it was a better product than the Curador, but it's not. <laughs> like, it's objectively not. Like, I've given it to people side by side. Sorry, I just want to cut in here a minute and say, Eagle, what the fuck did you do to the earth boxes? <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking. <laughs> they look ugly all stripped down like that, don't they? No, all I can see is light. Normal shit. Yeah, you can't really see them much. But oh, you only did it to the earth box. You didn't do it to the other ones. I oh see. no, they're back there. They're stripped out as well. Them are new girls in there next to it. There was room. You can see the the other two off in bay one back there. The two pots. Yep. I'm the two cocoa. And that's earth box, earth box, and then there's a few new girls in back here because there was there was space. I'm gonna waste the space. I'm gonna waste the space. So there's a few girls in there. That's what you're looking at right now. They're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty good, man. That looks normal. I I I delete quite a bit or prune or whatever you want. I I don't like the term strip. I guess I don't feel that I go that aggressive aggressive to it. Cause to me, strip, I have gone that aggressive and you're fucking I mean, that's stems in the fucking top leaf, you know? So I don't know. I've done that like schwazing or fucking full on like going crazy, yeah. like Mango Tech 21, 42. I personally am more of like a selective prune type. Like if there's leaf on top of leaf or if there's some shit down below the canopy not getting enough light all that stuff on like the bottom, at least like 25% of the plant, I'm cleaning just bare naked, everything. Every leaf is gone, even if it's healthy, just because at a certain point, um, it's a good barrier for any, if there are pests, it gives you a better gap between like the soil and the plant, but also when it's not getting enough light or photosynthesizing, it just dumps humidity into your room to have that shit on there. So it, uh, I think it was like, Suzanne Justice or something somebody out here in San Diego at like Outco they did like a study where they actually measured the PPFD at like different points of the canopy and realized like under 200 it just starts throwing off RH so you're better off just removing the leaf in a lot of cases if you're in a more humid environment trying to keep your RH lower which a lot of people are using dehue so it's just one way to avoid some of that cost they're just throwing the relative they're just throwing vapor just to cool itself or like because it, i don't know what the actual function or, or reason behind it but they found that anything under 201 it's like not going to produce any good bud um but that would make sense obviously it's not getting great amounts of light but two it just um it's respiring or perspiring i don't know what the proper actual term is but it's yeah. just kicking off vapor for whatever reason uh, maybe it's not getting enough light to photosynthesize, so it thinks that I'm going to go do a different process. But, photosynthesize is slow, slow enough to where it's not really going to produce much. To because I know at a certain point, like that, that leaf really has to 
almost overproduce like produce an abundance to because it's if you think of it it's it's using that sugar which is i like to look at it in my mind's eye like energy you know what i mean because that's really what it is right but it is using that energy from the sun to grow that leaf too right because it's got to make that leaf's getting bigger and everything else so it's got to be able to sustain its own growth and have excess to be able to you know what i mean to be able to pump to the rest of the system so to speak and down into the roots or whatever but like yeah that's a big key part of that because i think when you get really down to the nitty-gritty that's where you know really supporting the whole process of photosynthesis and making sure that happens as efficiently as possible is your fucking goal you know what i mean like that it, if you i don't know if you ever read that book the goal but it's like a it's kind of a business manufacturing book and there's somebody in chat's heard of it but it, yeah it but there's a lot in there about understanding like you know what i mean parts of an assembly line and how things got to come together to actually make the whole system chain flow in order to accomplish the goal you know what i mean and that's i don't know just thinking of it from that perspective does kind of change your thoughts on nutrients and on co2 on all of that shit because it's all there to support a better photosynthetic rate you're you know i mean a better factory that can use the light that's being already paid for and in the room to produce what your goal is you know so. beautiful plants an abundance of them right yeah but it's that metabolism too like you know i mean like michael phelps that example you didn't see the show but i use that example in the show of michael phelps like but that's the metabolism of it too so like um you know if michael phelps is trying to swim all that and he's not eating all those calories you know i mean he's basically going to be starting to eat away muscle your your body's still using the you know i mean it's got to get the energy from somewhere and it's going to start breaking muscle and protein apart to do it so Mm -hmm. totally agree you got to make sure it's got the uh, everything it needs to produce at the highest capacity. Yeah, and that's what will happen to a plant too when photosynthesis shuts down. It starts eating itself because at a certain level, it still needs to, it still needs energy to survive at a base level, even you know. So if yeah, if you did something to fuck it up, say temperatures are extremely high or whatever like that's why plants you know they kind of consume themselves they'll turn that yellow it's like they're consuming back what they you know what was in their leaves to the starving plants credit or the ones that are consuming themselves i think some of those are the tastiest plants at the end of the day when you give a plant too small of a pot i've grown it in like one gallon of organic soil just to like see how small of a plant or like how small of a pot you could go and uh grown like too large of a plant in one gallon and just flowered it in there anyway and let it starve to like fucking all hell and produces some of like the tastier herb um they call it like ital weed in jamaica where some of the stuff that they don't feed anything to they like give it very little nutrients and very little water they just like let it stress they kind of just leave it out wherever and uh that's seen to be as like some of the most uh like psychoactive and like spiritual smoke so it's interesting kind of way of looking at things because like the whole uh they say like a great uh grape must like be stressed or something like that so to produce the finest wines you have to let the grapes suffer 
And I think sometimes with cannabis, certain strains benefit from that slight bit of suffering, whether it's like the drought stress, which University of Guelph has actually cited a week seven drought stress on a nine week strain, produced higher terpenes, higher cannabinoids, and uh, higher dry flower yield, which indicates to me, if it's anything like lavender, which I do believe it is, it's a C3 flower that produces high amounts of essential oil, which is often extracted for high dollar amounts. Um, lavender has the same exact phenomena. And that's why when I found out about the Guelph study, it was because I'd already heard about some related stuff. So I think uh, that what we were talking about even earlier with like stabbing your plants, like that stress, I also shake my plants. I think that is like a better fan. Like I saw a video once where a guy grew up the same clone. One was the same pot. Uh, one was with a fan directly on it. And the one was sitting there with like no fan on it. And the one with the fan on it got a thick ass stem, grew up bushy as fuck, healthy as fuck. The one that had no fan was like the shrimpiest little like tiny stem, like had way less nodes, was a much unhealthier plant. So it showed me that like airflow to a certain level definitely benefits your cannabis plant. No, which... I'm partial to fans on some of mine, I think. Like I, I see wind damage on some of the leaves even, but I do that mainly in the veg stage because of that reason, Jack. Like I, I think that's why like you know, I need to hear guys talk about certain strains or certain things being real wispy and wimpy. And some of that, I wonder, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you, if you really exercise the plant or at all when it was growing, like, you know, they got to be able to get strength somehow. It's like having a kid that you never, you know, they never play outside or they never run, you know, and they're not going to be a fast runner. You get to be a fast runner by running, you know, like it's like, that's how you build those muscles, you know. And, if the and good genetics. <laughs> but the yeah, even but the genetics don't really come into play until you, you know, put some resistance to that. You know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. You have to like exercise to be like Usain Bolt had the potential to be the fastest man alive. But he also fucking trained his ass off, and that's why at the time he was able to do what he did. And uh, it's definitely interesting thought i want to welcome i think it's red pill joining us yep. howdy cheers red yeah, pill. i got uh intrigued i was just sitting back in the chat listening but i got intrigued because uh, a little bit of i don't know maybe it was like a week ago i kind of brought up something where i was talking about are there any type of deficiencies to the plant that almost benefit the end product and what you're talking about with uh putting a giving a plant almost no input, just water in a small pot, and it's almost completely faded by the time you're pulling it down, and that being like some of the, the better herb that you get, and then backing it up saying, I, that's when I jumped in, I, I hopped off right when you were saying that some study said that it proved. Uh, yeah, there's I, a University of Guelph study, I could send it to you, it's from Canada. They did a drought stress in week seven until like a 45 degree leap through they like show the actual screenshot of what they it was in cocoa actually believe it or not but um right. compared well, to a side-by-side -side control where they did like a well watered a properly watered one all the way through harvest it yielded mm -hmm. higher cannabinoids higher terpenes and more dry flour mm -hmm. the dry flour weight was considered not significant but it was like a thousand grams versus like 950 which like i think all of us would say 50 grams is like significant it's just not scientifically significant like 0 0.05 or greater uh, statistically but it um the terpenes and cannabinoids were both um, significantly more. 
like mm-hmm. i think it was like 12 and 13 percent for like thc and cbd increase because i'm i'm a really i mean i'm an ultra fan of fade and getting plants to fade early and if a plant comes down at like week nine day 63 day 65 I like it starting to fade at like day 40. By the time it gets done, it's almost completely wet trimmed in a sense. You know, there's the only thing left green on it is the nugs and the sugar leaf. That's part of like uh, what I was kind of talking about um, earlier with um, just like my defoliation technique is like sometimes I'll naturally let the plant pick. It's like, oh, I'm going to kill off this leaf. Like I'll just go in there when the light cycle started and like, it'll pick them. If you leave too many leaves in there and you grow the plants too big and bushy, it'll start picking. Like I'm going to kill this leaf. It'll be a completely dead leaf next to a perfectly healthy leaf. Mm-hmm. You can just like tap it with your finger and it'll fall right off. And in Afghanistan, there's um in the Hindu Kush mountain range, actually, uh, I need to figure out, I think it's on uh, Afghan selections page. Um, but I've showed it a few different times. And I think even on the show, but it shows these Afghani plants that were grown and there's literally snow on the mountaintops. And these plants look like brown or black and they're literally letting them like die on the vine. It's like their last harvest of the year, but they let them go like that because they're going to turn them to hash, but they're basically like letting that stress, that cold and uh, that drought. Uh, it, it's supposed to create some of the best hash. So they're like ancient traditions that have observed these techniques and tried it. And granted, they have other harvests throughout the year as well, but um, I should probably go pull up the thing so I can actually properly quote it. But it's interesting. <clears throat> it's, it's not 100% across the board, but most of the time, you know, like nine out of 10 times, the more fade kind of equates to the more terps, in my experience. Once in a while, you'll get a strain that comes out, you know, you maybe it didn't like it or somewhat, and the terpene profile was maybe better at like, uh, week six, seven, and you know, it's actually a nine or 10 week strain and it kind of already, uh, diminishes in terps. Those ones seem to not really like to get completely faded, but normal strains where their peak production of cannabinoids and terpenes are right at the point where the trichomes are turning cloudy. Those ones seem to really like being faded out. I'm going to send this to you, red pill. post. Three red pill, seven ten, good dabs yep. on Instagram. Yep. yep. All right. Um, but it says harvest time in Hindu Kush. Some beautiful hash is to be made as soon as the humidity and temperature drops. <clears throat> and then there's a comment from a seed bank on there that I always go to. Oregon Elite Seed says, "Why are some of the buds so dark? It looks old. Not trying to be disrespectful. Just curious as to why it has that look. Uh, to me, did they just let the crop go? No disrespect. And then Afghan selection says. Oh, I got it. There's like more than one reply. Shit. Um, said question is totally legit. Some farmers let the, uh, let the hash cure on the plant while it's standing. Don't cut until all the plants are finished for a more mature hash. And as we view it with a broader spectrum in the overall feeling was the response from Afghan selection. So I just thought that was a interesting post and a good knowledge that was there, dropped there, there because you got a eagle talk about examples. that. There's two examples, the one you just gave and then the one that the study proved, you know what I mean? And that's getting super scientific, technical, and then that's just old school, you know, uh, whatever, uh, int- intuition or wives' tales or just the way we do things for superstition's sake, you know. Frenchie's done a good job of, like, he's gone to all the traditional hash-producing countries and, like, 
he's observed all of the things like that they do. And then he's backwards applied the science to it. Like either he's personally done it himself or like gone into other people who've done the research, like Robert Connell Clark um, and other people who've written books about hashish. And um, it's a really deep rabbit hole. And Eagle has actually talked about, um, you know, like even drying dried bud hash versus fresh frozen hash and the different highs and uh, terp profiles that are associated with both of those the differences. I personally like to take my stuff long. Like you were talking about like a nine weeker. I like to take all my stuff almost nine or 10 weeks, depending on the strain. And I like to, you know, make sure it has a nice fade, even in like organic soil, you're not flushing. I've given it mostly water the entire time, but I try and pick my pot size and plant size so that it does have a pretty decent fade by the time it's chopped down. And um, I've been very happy with the turks. <laughs> I'll say that. I think that definitely a uh, good fade correlates. I usually have white ash too, which a lot of people desire. I don't think it necessarily equates to perfect weed or good cannabis, but I, I would rather have a light white fluffy ash than a hard, dark black ash. Or even like a grayish. Or organic setting, some kind of, some type of people, you know, they'll, they'll knock on it because they'll be like, what do you mean you don't have to flush the plant? And if you're in an organic setting and let's say the last thing I, I ever fed the plant was some enzymes at day 40, and I am taking a plant to day 65 or longer, it's getting water all that time and, and it's fading. So the, the, it's only burning white ash, you know, it's, I would, I would say it's harder for someone to flush something that they were feeding thousands part per million, you know, nutrient feedings each time than it is. I agree. To get a, but you know. some people give too much like cow shit, like too much compost. That's not well yeah. done. And then it tastes like cow shit. And then it actually oh, yeah. does burn. I've had organic no. bud that, Burnt. No types Gross. of fresh manure ever got to the plant. This is a cooked super soil where guanos were probably the only type of poop or worm castings, you know. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. I think there's a lot of ways to uh, go about mixing a soil and a lot of different good inputs. And some people might not figure it out their first try. But so that's why I like, or maybe they just are convinced their way is perfect. So they're like not open to anybody's suggestions. And then they keep growing like I think Noah the grower said it the other day he's like some people grow for years and years and they just never get any better it's like and some people are really like closed-minded they're not open to anybody's input or advice and they just keep growing the same shit over and over and over and sometimes it's really good but then sometimes it's not <laughs> like there's a scale like somebody's gonna be the best out there and somebody's gonna be the worst out there but uh, hopefully you're not the latter I would always end up growing maybe like four to five foot tall plants with very fast metabolism in a three gallon pot of uh, total super soil mix, not diluted or anything. And they would still fade and burn white, you know, so. Yeah, three gallons. Most people think that that's like not even possible to do with organics, but I think a three gallon pot is definitely like, that was what I preferred to grow. And I used to go three, three gallon pots side by side. Um, but five gallon pots work really well in organics and even much, much larger can be really successful. All right. Well, I got what I had to say out. <laughs> I was just really intrigued with that because that's my total experience with the best weed that I've ever got to grow. You know, it's an interesting uh, conversation for sure. Smiley's gigging Lynn over there. Do you see something funny in the chat? Yeah, I was just saying black ash matters. It's, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's black ash history month. We got to talk about the history like, of the black ash. I, I agree, man. I do. Um, I was gonna say like some of the idea of uh, the dry down though too like um, the timing on that gets a little tricky I think because you don't 
you don't want that fade to go into the bud. If, if it's fading into the bud and the bud's starting to turn that yellowish color as well and getting consumed, it's bad. By the time you've hung that, it's, it, I mean, I've seen it from my own experience. I've seen it. That's all I'm talking. But like by the time you hang that, it turns brown and shitty and it's fucking, it's the nugs you're not even going to want to trim by the time they hit the table to be trimmed. It's like, you look at it and you're like, what the fuck? Why was this even hanging? You know what I mean? And it's kind of, so that's been my experience with it. I do agree. And a fully, fully green one at harvest, in my experience, has left a, a, a different color to the ash. And it's not fully white like you would want to see. So it's, um, I think there's a lot to that. And it's tough. It's a tough thing. And I'm not always happy with what I get from it either. I'm just being honest. So that, you know what I mean? So other people can know too, you know, like it's. Speaking honest, I gotta be honest about my growing with Eagle. My sangria didn't make it. I had one lady that I picked out and I was trying to go three plants in the earth box. My two velvet punches grew up and over and that sangria in the middle, it like went from like a three cola plant to like a two cola plant, to like a one that was like trying to squeak its way in there. It just got dwarfed every single day. I was like, pulling off a little bit more like at least trying to get just like one cola up there in the, in the light that's the one thing with the earth box is like before i'd have three three gallon pots right and I, if the one was smaller i could put it up on a lift so that it would be up at the same canopy as the other ones but because it was at the same base level it just got dwarfed so it ended up getting cut out before it molded over or anything uh, it literally was like down to its tippy tippy top like the top cola just the top bud with like a few leaves on the side and like it couldn't even sport that with like the little bit of light that was getting through to it so yeah. i was bummed i definitely wanted at least a handful of seeds but uh i have some of his other work still that i'm going to be going through so oh, yeah. sub's not gone in my garden that's for sure i'll be growing plenty of his stuff for many years to come oh yeah you know, the other thing to consider, too, about that, that dryback, or, or not dryback, but just the fade that we're talking, but, like, having the plant, the plant has to deal with nitrogen, and, and if it's in there, I mean, I know they can make a choice on some of it, it's still, when we're talking in excesses of nitrogen inside the plants already, a lot of the sugars being produced by that photosynthesis have to go to deal with that, too, because it's, I, I guess in, in my understanding of it, it's kind of like it's it comes in in a toxic form or it can be in a toxic form. So the plants kind of got this like timetable of trying to convert that into amino acid and into proteins. And it's like in an excess form of nitrogen is toxic because that's where you like your leaves will start to actually burn and the cells die from it like that's the excess of what it's doing the damage but but yeah that's so, why you use that amino n plus bro right and it's important at the end because you're trying to use you know like you what our goal is is we want the fucking plants to be making all the secondary metabolites what well, needs the carbohydrates from photosynthesis to do that or this the starches that it's already stored up and it can break them down and move that but it's it's trying to use that is my point to make what our goal is and if we're and if it's using that because there's excess nitrogen that is still trying to you know i mean to convert into 
proteins, mm-hmm. whatever, it's a whole lot different ball game. So it's like, I think you can kill a lot of your terpene content too, just by overfeeding or having oh, yeah. available at the end there. I, no, I totally agree with that. hundred percent. I think I, it's better to go a little bit light on nitrogen because it's super fast and available. If you are a little light, you can always make up for it. Um, and like Brandon Russ has that amino N plus product, which is like a, I think it's like a soy bean something or something. I don't know, but it's a soybean amino. Okay. So I knew it was from that category of things or whatever, but I think because it's already an amino, it's like a little bit further down the chain. It's not like a, um, nitrate or one of like the traditional nitrogen fertilizers that you get, or even like a blood meal that's like super rich and high in nitrogen, like the nitrogen's there, but it's also in the form of an amino. So the plant, uh, when it's broken down into the water, it takes it off a little bit differently. It's my understanding. It's like um, almost Im- immediately available, but it doesn't stick around as long. Uh, well, but I could be... So you got to think too, Jack, like the, uh, the oxidation state or the, um, kind of that ionic charge or whatever but when you have an amino it's a carbohydrate which is your energy combined with the nitrogen so instead of plant taking the nitrogen and having to produce carbohydrate to connect to that to make that amino it can actually use that amino the way it is or it can deconstruct it and have the energy to use for the plant so it's like gaining energy versus having it you know, and use energy to burn up what it has there. That makes sense. But it's still a form of nitrogen, so you're not going to, I I guess, I don't know, I can't say what Brandon does, and I would <coughs> disagree with what he's doing at all, but, like, in my mind's eye, I wouldn't really want to be adding a, an amino. Well, my, that, well, that was my hypothesis when I uh, brought it up, you know, the first time, and then started off with what I said with the, is there any is there anything that plant can be deficient in that ends up being a beneficial thing to us at the end product? And the only thing I can take away would be nitrogen, you know? So everything else, you know, you might not want to do because it's doing something to build those secondary metabolites. Uh, Spartan Grown always mentions that like one they can be deficient in is Mm -hmm. actually phosphorus without decreasing yield of the flower or cannabinoids. Uh, or secondary metabolites but uh, and like it just needs to be just enough it needs to be there like sufficient enough that you're not deficient but if it's in excess it actually really negatively hurts you where a lot of people undergo is uh potassium with flour but that that was from a study that was not a study but that was from that podcast uh, tad hussey's podcast with alice justice and she yes she was talking about there was a there was a, a threshold for phosphorus where, where she was like, yeah, and the, she came from outside of the cannabis industry, and she was like, it was a weird phenomenon to her that they were just hammering them with phosphorus, and to her understanding, yeah, they need it, but they only need it to a certain point, and it's not like adding excess was gaining anything. It was just kind of like going out the bottom of the pots. They weren't so yeah, so in that, what she got to the end result was is she got down to the nitty gritty of what they actually needed for phosphorus, eliminated all the excesses, and then it saved them the company a bunch of money across their whole operation kind of thing. You know, I bet you if you looked at those grape plants that you're talking about that are the you know the most highest regarded 
grapes for making wine. I bet you if you go and look at them and then did like the leaf chart thing, I bet you what they're showing is a phosphorus deficiency. I think they have high bricks though. A lot of like the really yeah. uh, good wines do have high bricks and like high bricks and cannabis. I've seen some like Brandon used to test his bricks and it would routinely be above 15. So, I mean, he had super healthy plants here in San Diego. He used to have like a little uh, ref refractometer, I believe is the proper term. But um, I don't think that it like makes your plants immune. Funny enough, Allison Justice, that whole Alco thing, that was here in San Diego. And she's worked with uh, my buddy, Matthew Gates, who's like the bug guy, uh, Xenthanol. He's been on the show, but he's like a really great IPM specialist. And uh, I have the pleasure of having him within my circle in case anything ever goes awry. He's fucking got probably a video on it and how to fix it. And he worked with Allison Justice, actually, funny enough. But you know, when, um, when your brain ahead. has certain capacity for things, mine, my brain is already fried to the point where it's not going to remember all those Latin names for insects. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough man I, I try my best I, I actually try to like because I've not that I know everything about growing but I know enough to like keep my garden healthy enough for my opinion and like I can always learn more about that obviously and always get better like I've started doing more top dressing like my mulches this year in organic soil and I think that mulch is pivotal if you want to keep a healthy uh, even moisture level through your soil but um going back to the whole Alice and Justice thing, um, she used like a local uh, fertilizer place that they just mixed up the fertilizer for them, like specifically exactly the recipe that she wanted. And it cost like way less than going and buying like advanced nutrients or whatever, <laughs> which is like what a lot of the companies here were doing. And this is like Prop 215 days, which was like just a shade above like the, you know, illicit market days. And um, it was interesting to hear that story that she shared. There's a lot of really good information on that podcast for anybody who's interested. Ted Hussey definitely uh, also has a great show. It's been around for a while. Not to like drive listeners or viewers away from this show. I know we're a whole different category, except for, you know, I mean, the organics takeover probably, in my opinion, rivals some of Ted Hussey or other people's content out there as far as like good quality, like high tier organics knowledge that people are really looking for specific to cannabis as well with uh, tons of great guests. So props to you, Smile. You've been killing it with all the guests and all the great info. Even though I missed it tonight, I was fucking printing. I hope it shows, man. That dude is cool. Josh hasn't been on a lot. He's uh, He doesn't have a huge following or nothing on Instagram either, but he's doing some killer shit. So. Sorry, I was going to ask, trying to answer in chat here to some of the nitrogen cycle, but um what about bob was talking about you know ammonia and nitrate nitrite all that but my whole thing on that that whole cycle when they're talking about it they're only talking in chemical forms of nitrogen and it's not it's not talking about like organic forms of nitrogen so my my understanding is that biology is also using the nitrogen to grow their own colonies and their own bodies and, the, and in their own cells so that the you know as the colony of biology is building you're you're building your um carbon in the soil right but you're also building nitrogen along with that because all those little bodies took up nitrogen to, to be built they used it in their own bodies too so that's like kind of part of that circle that 
you know, the soil food web always kind of steps outside of that where everybody thinks in chemical forms, but like the whole soil food web is operating in a whole like organic side where it's a lot, you know what I mean? It's a whole different thing than what we always picture. Cause I kind of jumped on Brandon's post a little bit about that too, where he showed the, how a plant uptakes iron. And that is, that's the chemical forms of how the plant can uptake it. But in reality, it's actually biology that's doing a lot of that reductase um, that that F3 to F2 portion that he had in there, to my knowledge, that's a lot of biology that's actually doing that for the plant, you know. So like some of those circles, when we look at those pie charts and the little graphs and stuff, it's cool, but it's like a it's like a still shot of a dynamic system, you know. What I mean, it'd be like taking a picture of Jack walking in New York City when all of New York City is fucking happening, right? But we're just looking at what Jack did that day, you know. What I mean, when he was there so it's kind like of like i was walking when there's people in a cab there's different ways to travel like what you're saying is like the like he's showing the taxi person taking the taxi when there's people out there walking or biking which is like the organics it's a little slower it's a different mechanism but they're both traveling it's getting iron into the plant but if you just see that snapshot you're only going to get it from the uh, nitrogen or or iron perspective that's coming from a chemical or a salt related nutrient and it is a different process and I'm sure he's aware of the microbials. You know, he makes a micro product, Micro Plus. Uh, both of us use it and it's very effective. And um, in my opinion, I'll throw that out there. I think it's a great product. Um, it's He uses the EM consortium. And uh, I think like something non-purple, unsulfured something. Yeah. Or other. That's part of the I EM. Remember. The one oh, okay. he has, to my knowledge, is the pseudomonas. Hmm. I think there's some other form of yeast that I thought he brought into like a brewing. It smells amazing. It smells like apple juice almost, man. It's like, I have to like resist drinking out of that bottle. At least mine does. My bottle smells great. Yeah, just keep smelling it every time. That's good. (laughs) I don't smell it every five minutes, just like the once a week when I'm adding it into my water. But uh, he, he mentioned with his amino N that he uses it until like late flower, but then he does cut it off. But he said, because it's such a, quick acting thing that it doesn't hang around long you can actually use it for the first at least few weeks of flower i've cut it out uh probably like week two or three so well i'm, we'll see. I'm talking like cutting it out like week five or six because like yeah i mean if you think about it jack the you know the stretch is kind of like a lot of nitrogen's needed through that and then yeah. a lot of times when we think of like bud set, and then if you want to break it down, I look at it like bud set and fruit fill, because that's how um, John Kemp always talks about it. But, you know, if you look at those different stages in fruit fill is actually kind of a looked at, or could be looked at as a vegetative type stage because the plant's really trying to add a vegetative biomass. You know what I mean? It's trying to build the bud. It's trying to build the biomass of the bud as it's filling that fruit in. This time I'm running it later because I'm making seeds. And more like I'm going to be smoking just the dry sift. And seeds need a little bit more nitrogen from what I've been told by a lot of the breeders in the past. So to like keep it healthier and uh, happier later in flower and push the extra week or two. Yeah, the aminos would help a ton with the seeds for sure. Dude, they're all looking so plump. I actually um, was snipping off some of the bottom stuff and I took one and this was maybe two or three weeks after pollination max and I stripped open the little there was like a preformed seed on the very bottom 
that I didn't notice on that bud when I or that stem when I clipped it off. So I shred it out of the thing and it was like a white premature seed, but I planted it and it fucking sprouted. <laughs> like I didn't end up growing out the plant because I just planted it in the same one as like the male in the chamber. I was just like curious if it would sprout. It did. It ended up dying shortly after, but I mean, it's still impressive that like with such a short amount of time on the plant, like I take them several weeks on the plant, let them get really mature. Like sometimes you'll see them like brown tiger stripe, like poking out like, some of them fucking literally falling out of the plant. So I want to make sure that we got as few white premature seeds as possible and uh, as many good tiger striped or just like gray brown whatever color they actually end up being some of them are like black so yeah having the nutrition there for it i would imagine i'm not very knowledgeable i've only done a few seed things you know what i mean and i didn't really fuck around with nutrition at all i actually did hit up lemon hoko just kind of asking a question because one of mine was like they were real little they all came out nice color but they were real little teeny tiny you know what i mean they were just little dinky seeds and i was thinking it might have been a nutritional thing you know on the because i just had them in a little one gallon pot i wasn't really trying to do a whole lot but he, he said he doesn't really think of it my one gallon pot weren't any smaller or larger than my three gallon pot seeds the first run and what i would say is um breeder steve talked a lot about how certain strains are like coconut size so like huge fucking seeds and then a lot of subcool seeds that i got from him were tiny and he grew massive ass plants so i don't necessarily think it's the size of the plant um i think it is genetic linked for sure and funny enough dr mj coco when we talked about this once upon a time said farmers for many different farm styles actually above all else selected seed size like for the larger seed uh, above any other thing for keeping seed for the next year Okay, uh, the, the only thing I could remember, well, there's two things, and this this might not have anything to do with it as far as like what me and you were would be able to produce if the genetics, the gene pool were this certain either recessive or dominant gene wasn't there, then we wouldn't be able to pull it out anyways. But uh, supposedly the more further you have your part in breeding a plant, the more you'll increase the weight of a seed. So like, just say like a hundred seeds make up a gram you start with. The more you inbreed or selectively breed that strain, eventually it'll be maybe 98 seeds equal a gram or 90 seeds equal a gram. The, the seeds get bigger, the more you have your hand in breeding with them. And uh, the furthest two-part example that I've seen seeds weighed in was a hash church episode when skunk man Sam showed what he had. He had six seeds and they're like supposedly snack seeds somewhere in China and six seeds equal the gram. And then next to it, he held up a bag of some uh, wild weed that was growing somewhere in Kashmir where 8,000 seeds equal the gram. They're like poppy seeds. So. Yeah. You're not going to get a wider that that's the ends of the spectrum there. <laughs> right. You know? And Skunk Man Sam is well-traveled enough and knowledgeable enough about the different strains that, I mean, maybe you'll find one that is five seeds a gram instead of six, you know, but it's not going to be much fewer than that. Yes. Um, 
maybe there will be some freak mutant or some uh, genetic breeding that happens that makes like one seed per gram. Like you just get some fucking real like malt balls yeah. type thing. But uh, that's interesting. I'm glad that you shared that because I have watched a lot of Hash Church, but I don't recall that particular. Um, yeah, I, can't I, I, I never saw it episode, but supposedly they're they're mostly used for either fish bait or just snack seeds. You know, like in your hand, a snack on a. Yeah, seed. no, no. A lot of uh, hemp was grown in China. Has a long, long history of hemp. Still, mm-hmm. even to this day, they grow uh, hemp. But like the THC cannabis is very frowned upon there, unfortunately. Um, even though that has a long history there as well, but the several people, a lot of people don't notice the United States has a huge history of hemp. Uh, there's a lot of hemp town, like cities called like hemp town. I'm, um, I'm in Wisconsin and they had, a, if you know, hemp for victory during world war two, they allowed Wisconsin and Kentucky to grow, uh, fiber producing cannabis strains for the hemps and the, or the, uh, parachutes and all that kind of stuff. Paracord. Yeah. Ropes, paracord, all that. And back in the days, sails is what allowed people to fucking sail from continent to continent. But um, there were people in Canada, even still to this day, that they grow hemp just for seed. Like it, a lot of hemp is just male, female. They just fucking throw tons and tons of seeds out there. From let what them I pollinate themselves, and then they. From what I understand, that's what the hemp market is actually most efficient in, and they want more seed producers. But the whole fear is, you know, if you grow uh, tens or thousands of acres of uh, hemp seed product everyone's fearful of all the other outdoor around it getting seeded right they banned so, it in humble permanently right. banned hemp was just recently like within a few months they permanently banned outdoor hemp cultivation in uh, humboldt county which i mean with their legacy it makes perfect sense one farm like you just mentioned could ruin the entire county there so, there is such thing though that displays itself once you get into f6 and f7 in bread lines you, you find those pistolless varieties. And or theoretically, even, it can be possible to find pistolless varieties through um, either S1 or back crossing, cubing, finding those plants and then line breeding them with something else, getting to an F7. And you can theoretically get any cultivar to be pistolless and uh, barren for pollen. Peter Steve's working on that. He, he figured out that if you S1, S2, a thing that like 50% of them with like a bunch of different strains will start going uh, pistolless, but he had a hard time getting them to produce all the seeds to be that way. But then he figured it out recently. I think it was, he must've either talked to Oregon CBD who's doing it. They have an unpollinatable female hemp that they can put out. Um, but Breeder Steve figured it out. There's like a few terms, parthenocarpy and stethanocarpy. And you see it yeah. like seedless watermelon. Parthenocarpy is the one with this little I, white seeds, and he wanted like the stephanocarpy, I think, which is where they don't get any seeds at all. Right. So I, I, I ironically got lucky in it, in it. Well, not lucky in the sense of me purchasing this bag of weed and finding all these seeds in it or partial seeds in it. But at one time in my life, got something that someone, you know, this was in hydro or dro type, you know, terminology back when I was growing up. And someone gave me something that was like well, this is baby dro. And I'm like, what do you mean baby dro? I'm like, well, it's really good, but it still has like seeds in it. I'm like, all right. So I, we get the weed and it's just those pure white mushy seeds that the penis are thick or whatever, the ones that still formulate seeds, the seedless watermelon variety. You know, there's technically, they're, they're still producing seeds, but they're not producing the hard, whatever outer shell uh, black seeds. 
that you find rather than a completely sterilized barren ones that don't bear seeds at all. But through my experience, not the hands of me growing, but unfortunately the hands of me uh, uh, consuming found that variety where it's just filled with, uh, uh, there's no outerless shell to it. It's just a mushy white seed. But yeah, supposedly that's how uh, Breeder Steve described the difference of the two. Bear with me, guys. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my internet. They're coming for you, the aliens? We're spreading too much knowledge? I guess. I don't know. Satellite went down. And uh, it shows, like, though, it shows, like, the Wi-Fi of the satellites working, but my the land connecting won't work for some reason, which my, my computer runs on a LAN connection, which you'd think that'd be the one that would work and vice versa, but I don't know. I'm rebooting it and trying to fucking get it going. Damn. I just want to throw it out there. I miss uh, seeing Ali Noble. We haven't seen him in a little while. I've been uh, trying to... I, I've seen him in the chat, actually. Like, you know, so I haven't seen him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then. I, I wasn't up. I fucked up. I missed it. I, I fell asleep and I wasn't here. I'm blowing it. I'm trying to link up with him. I saw him in the chat last night, actually, and I probably ended up falling asleep before he came on, is what it was. But, uh, yeah, I need to link up with him because he's got the original, like, um, proof copy. It's not, it doesn't even have the right binding on it. He went up to the printer. He lived really local to the printer. Uh, he's about an hour north where I'm at and picked it up for me. And it ended up being a big fuckaboo because the printer had one address on Google but then they had an address in my email and I like fucking sent the wrong address to Ali and he basically gets there, doesn't have a car. He's like expecting to like, he Ubered there. This dude, he goes out of his way, Ubered for me to go pick it up and uh, was at the wrong place. So he had to Uber like 20 or 30 minutes opposite direction and uh, ended up going and getting it. They stayed open late for him, but I want to make sure he gets like a signed copy because that one's just blank. And it doesn't have the proper binding on it because they didn't have their machine ready or whatever. So Ali went through a lot of shit for me. Big shout out to Ali. He's the man. Uh, I definitely made sure to reimburse him for the Ubers, but uh, the time and the effort and all that uh, can't go unthanked. I want to give him a big shout out because he made sure I, I like, you know, Zoom called him basically or FaceTimed him on Instagram that the quality was to his standards because like, he was somebody who ordered the book and I was like, is this something that would make you happy if you got it? And like, I saw it on the video. It looks good to me. So I trusted his judgment and then ended up putting in the bigger order, which I've sent out to a bunch of you guys and uh, people seem to be happy with it. So even like the new printer that I went to, cause the old printer was fucking up so much. Uh, they're like, yeah, there's some you know good qualities about this. Like you have to pay extra for this and that. I'm like, okay, I'm fucking, I'm it's worth it. Like to me, like I want the best quality possible. So like, the one thing was like he was talking about it has a uv protectant on the cover so if it sits out in the sun it won't fade as quickly as some other uh books or print would so i was like i didn't even know that but good shit <laughs> i guess i you know got good quality everyone's muted just smiling at me How's the, what happened to the feed are we back live Oh, we've yeah, been live. Been Eagle, been Eagle's live. just been. Yeah, Eagle's the one just trying. <laughs> mm. 
I was turning into the I was turning into the paranoid conspiracy theorists, thinking that we're uh, saying too many truth bombs, and they had to cut us off. I've thought that for a while too, but then sometimes I think that it's just some hater, like fucking DDoSing Eagle, like sending him a bunch of like, you know, some people can do that shit. It's like a denial of distribution of service or some shit. You basically just send a bunch of like packets of information to somebody's internet and it like overwhelms them. They like have like thousands of computers all send him like basically like what's equivalent of like thousands of hours worth of video all just hitting his Wi-Fi at one time and just crashes everything. But he has a VPN and he has like a Wi-Fi and a satellite. So I don't know how they get all this shit. I think it could just be he's like so far north. The weather is crazy. Just fucks with it. A damn polar vortex. Price you pay for living in the middle of the nowhere, I guess. But comes with some security. I see Eagle again. Got the computer. Well, I'm on the Wi-Fi, not the land now. I don't know what the hell. Between Smiley's episode being fucked up now and my lane being fucked up, I think it is somewhat DOS attacks. I just think that maybe they have both IPs. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That but, could be uh, it. It's weird how it comes in waves. I won't have it problem for a while, then it'll come out of the blue. That don't post, man. I'm gonna rerun that show with. Uh with intergalactic it's, it's fucking badass jack he's taking he's he's going around and collecting fucking scraps from the trash and and basically he's got a process that he composts it or they would they would dry it down or dehydrate it down and they would powderize it get it tested all the different ingredients and then they would they would mix it all together in a pelletized form so it was all like recycled trash that you can basically, it's a pellet you can throw on your fucking soil and feed your plant with. So it's, yeah, it's a killer concept idea and he's making it work and it's fucking cool, man. So yeah, I hope it gets out there because more people need to hear his fucking story, man. It's cool as shit. It's right here. That is our, cool. You know, in Michigan. You, you hit record, right? I did not know. Oh, I did Oh, fuck. So hindsight right there. That is so hindsight, too. Eagle said the same thing, and I was like, don't. Next time, for sure. With the, with For these, because you only do them every so often, I think you have the space, hopefully, on your computer, at least for one episode at a time. Download it, save it, make sure you can get it on Zoom, Vimeo, WeedTube, Spotify, yeah. all the different podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts. Uh, no, There's that's so going to be a protocol, man. I want to try to, I'm going to just hit record every you, time. You know what sucks is WeedTube was only the, the was only created because the WeedTube community was the uh, beta test for YouTube censoring everyone. It, it, you know, I've been uploading to that format too, and it's, man, it's slow, and I think they're only video a day so I can't even keep up to what I'm wanting to uh, you know upload and then if I remember reading it right I think they're going to cap me off at 15 gigs which might mean I'll have to erase old episodes to keep new episodes up Make so a second I kind of looked in the count. yeah I kind of was looking into the Vimeo today 
but they only offer you so much too. And I think it's like 500 megabytes per week for free. And then after that, you got to pay. And which wasn't bad. I think it was, um, what was it? Uh, like 20 gigs a month or something like that. It was, uh, uh, seven, eight bucks a month if you bought ahead. So $84 a year. And then you, you know, five gigs a week, basically. So I was actually thinking about just coughing up to 84 bucks. Uh, that's if you bought ahead. If you didn't, if you went month by month, it's like 15. So I was thinking about, you know, coughing up to 84 bucks and, you know, just putting shit over there. But I don't know how Vimeo works. Can people find the show over there? Like, is it like YouTube? Will they suggest it over there? Or will I have to direct my own traffic to Vimeo? I think that's going to be the case. I don't think they're going to probably push you up in the algorithm very much. But I think the, I mean, WeedTube or whatever, even if you just get a certain amount of episodes, like some of the highlight ones that are special to you or whatever, like maybe the first or latest, whatever you feel like sticking up on any of these platforms, it just makes it so if the main one, which is the YouTube, goes down, there is some other platforms for people to like find you, know about you, and still you can announce like, oh, they got my page, go follow me on my Eagle Gardens 2.0 YouTube. So people, instead of going from zero, you're at least at like a few hundred or a thousand. Um, you know, it's just sort of a security. And then you have that place. So if people do want to listen or, or watch, you've got the podcast backed up on all the different platforms. That's awesome. And uh, I think it's not like every single thing needs to be on every single platform, as long as you get a good chunk on enough of the platforms that you can maybe gain a new following or just have a safe, secure spot for people to find shows. If there is a wipe. That's the moral of the thing is I want to have a backup. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Just for all the content, because I've had a computer go down too. You know what I mean? I've lost. I've had a lot of them downloaded to the computer yeah. before it took a shit. You ever messed with uh, D Live or BitChute? Have not messed with either yet. Yeah, BitChute and D Live. I've heard uh, less. Uh, both of them. I've heard a lot. And uh, well, critiques about whatever, but that's where everyone goes for like, uh, you know, the hardcore conspiracy videos that are never going to be allowed on YouTube. You can post there and have no uh, whatever censorship. If we ever had to go there, those are places where you could upload and never have to worry about being taken down, even for like music copyrights. Good stuff to know. I hate to say it. I hope it's not the case, but I think that there's going to be another wipe of cannabis related and or any like adult content related YouTube channel. Cause like the YouTube kids just keeps growing and they're like making more money and they're doing more monetized advertise shit. And like if we're not conforming to like advertise and be advertiser friendly, they're either going to like push us so far down in the algorithm or just like delete our shit 
like at some point i maybe that's not pessimistic but it's happened so many times on so many different platforms i'm just like when's the hammer going to come down again you know because it like the last time the community for going for so long like uninterrupted and then just boom all of a sudden just pulled like how many channels everybody's favorite channel <laughs> you know if, if people were around back then they remember uh basically everyone lost their page so you know now we've got these new series of shows eagles um some of the ones i've been on there's a bunch of them that came back afterwards too they rebuilt but i definitely hope it doesn't happen with legalization moving the way it is hopefully there's less reason for any of these big networks to remove cannabis specifically but you never know yeah i think it's just text tonight and just went down again on the other network so yeah it's all good does suck though on the episode. I hope that gets figured out. I know it's probably not gonna, but not gonna. Good vibes. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a hold of Josh, man. If it's, whatever. I'm sure he's down to come talk. He already said he wanted. To, he's down to come talk again. So that's cool. Yeah, I hope it posts too. That sucks. It really sucks. And to uh. Kind of go back to that, and you tell chat wasn't there. How it, how <laughs> awkward it's weird, isn't it? Is it not a whole different tone if you know they're not there? I was like texting you, I was like DMing you, it's like fucking stopping the program. Ego, what's up with fucking chat, bro? Like, <laughs> it sucks. It's weird. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like. When you do the show and you know chat's there and it's up and running, you honestly feel like it's in and out in front of an audience kind of feel to it. You know what I mean? You feel like there's a presence on the other side, but man, you can't see that chat and it's not running, man. It feels like you're doing this shit in a fucking gymnasium with fucking nothing but crickets. It definitely puts fucking a different vibe to it. Well, and on top of that, it says like, this action is not allowed when you try and type in there. So like, I'm not even allowed to type in there from like my Jack Greenstock account. I'm like running, uh, growing with my fellow growers from the cheap home grow account. So I had like log out of my, like I'm already logged into both. So I just had to like click around and like frantically go from one account to the other. So I could hit like, Hey, or go or like whatever. So that everybody else starts piling in. But like, thankfully I had like a panel of people, and I was like, all right, you know, this is Jack Greenstock and up next, so-and-so. And so as they're going, I'm fucking fumbling around on the keyboard trying to, like, make it so everybody can type. And, like, one of them even calls out, like, why don't we have a chat? And I was like, I'm working on it. Like, So we got it going, fortunately, as we always seem to do. But uh, you figure they'd have that shit figured out by now. What the fuck is going on? YouTube is... Uh... From my end, it was really weird because... Uh... I don't know if it was Smiley or Actual Eagle who uh, commented, did the thing to comment in the uh, chat room first, but I saw that, and then uh, it looked apparently to me that other people and myself were chatting in the chat room, but then Smiley, like five minutes into it, said that the chat wasn't working. I'm like, huh. I wouldn't know that on my end, if that's not the case. I Yeah, I just had to refresh the page. Okay. <laughs> That happens sometimes too. It's a motherfucker, man. This shit is like honestly way uh, more difficult than it looks. 
we make it look easy or maybe we make it look extremely difficult. Uh, but we do it high and uh, not pre recorded. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Go watch someone else's stream that has nothing to do with cannabis. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're holding it together on fucking, you know, a two gram a day dab limit right there. Dude, I've had a gram that I don't fucking know. I've been hitting this for well over a week now. You're, you're mixing it with flour, though, right? He only smokes just yeah. dabs. Yeah. My prim, primary points. I only smoke those, actually, with you guys, really. <laughs> I just love this just vaporizer, the, man. I just try to go ahead, it. Eagle. <laughs> I was gonna say just the dance with us. Yeah, I just try Dabs to fit in with everybody. I can't be the one that's not. I'm honestly that way. Pressure. I almost only dab here because, like, the dab song. No, you guys, all, I can't do that either. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I love it. It, it goes. In almost every case, it just goes down smoother than flour does. I don't know. That's just the way my body is wired, you know? Yeah. No, no doubt, man. I, yeah. It's easier on you. But do you ever try, like, a vaporizer or something like one of these? Bad well, boys? Yeah, I've, actually, my, my one of my best buddies, my best smoking buddies, his cousin is the inventor of Silver Surfer vaporizers. Those are fucking dope. Uh, shout yeah. out to Skillbo. He's got one of those. Skillbo one. I, I always Another recommend those because they're so multi-versatile that if you like vaporizers that fill a bag, you can do that. If you like vaporizers, you, you can use a wand, you can do that. If you want to hook up a, the, uh, a glass attachment to it, you can do that. You can uh, make it an email. There's an email attachment. There's an essential oil vaporizer thing where you just put a plate of essential oils over it and your whole room or you know wherever will smell nice. It's, I like because it it's the most versatile one, and, and it's the one I grew up on. You know, my my cousin's or my buddy—that's his cousin—who started that's that dope. company. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to them! I'm I'm all for. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not like a fuck combustion. There's a lot of vaporizer community people that are like fuck combustion. That's like even one of the forum or websites is fuckcombustion.com. But uh, this one, the Vapor Brothers VB1 desktop was made in 1999. It's real fucking simple. It's just like a whip and a tiny little bowl right up there and attaches to the bong. But Eddie Bravo, I know it's a silly name, but he goes on Joe Rogan. He's a conspiracy guy. I'm sure a lot of you know who Eddie Bravo is. Yeah, I learned my more advanced jujitsu from his lessons and in between some of his DVD videos, he'd be yeah. on there like fucking hitting this vaporizer and like it was a that's one of his moves. Me. He has a move called the vaporizer. Yep. Uh, we, we could go all deep in that too, man. When I got into when I got in, I have scoliosis and I didn't figure this out till I was 21 years old, but it didn't stop me from like when I was like 18, 19. My buddies who are, who are really into jujitsu and one of my buddies who I need to uh, talk to because he just texted me. It's one of other one of our other homies from school and one of the other, you know, our best one of our best friends in our circle just passed away. So my buddy just hit me up, kind of sending me love, probably because he's in the mentality of 
you know, you got to talk to your friends because you don't know the last time you, you would talk to them ever would be. But uh, I, before ever knowing Eddie Bravo, the rubber guard was always so intuitive to me. I just did it without ever knowing what I was doing, right? And worked from omoplatas to arm bars from there, right? But yeah, I, I love Eddie Bravo. Definitely. It's funny. I'm wearing a Gracie jiu-jitsu shirt right now. This is from the Gracie headquarters in Torrance, California. I met uh, Heron and Henner. Took a few lessons up there from the place, and it was a good time. I love jiu-jitsu for sure, but I think uh, I like a combination of both the old school and the new school. I think they're both mm -hmm. super effective and great for teaching self-defense. But some people aren't going to learn that. So get your uh, people that don't learn self-defense pepper spray. Well, I, I was always, I always like, it appealed to me because, you know, one of the best people who improvised the system to be able to like work how it works was Helio Gracie. And it was because of his like uh, more smaller stature, right? So he learned things that were just based on the leverage itself. It's funny. So, I was born on the same day as uh, Helio Gracie. What day sure is that? October 1st. Okay. I'm August. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Leo. Uh, but yeah, I just always learned from that because the same thing, like I, the, the moves that work on based on leverage and being smaller and, you know, I'm, I'm way more better defensive off the back and I'm almost, I, I suck at offensive on top. You know, that's just how I work. Uh, we all have something we can work on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I could, uh, I wish I could have really, you know, the, the scoliosis thing makes me kind of scared to get super, you know, back into it because I don't know what anyone else is how, <laughs> I don't know what someone else will do to me depending on what kind of day they're having. You get what I mean? Yeah. No, most people are super cool, man. Um, there's a 10th planet right here in San Diego. If you're ever out in San Diego, we should hit up an open man on Sundays at like two o'clock, go on before uh, growing with my fellow growers. Fucking do some rolling it's free i think for uh, anybody to come in for the open mats but it's no gi and um the people there are really really cool like honestly everybody and most people i know in jiu-jitsu so there's a few hot-headed people out there obviously in any thing there's your knuckleheads <laughs> they might go yeah. a little too hard but you can you can identify any of those people real real fast Jocko yeah. actually has a gym here too. I haven't gone to it. Um, once I found out, it was like already COVID times, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's got one right here." I mean, I could go there. Um, I can't think of his last name. It's like Jocko Willick or Willick, yeah. uh, something like that. He's like a Wolf former Wolf. Navy SEAL. Well, yeah, he's the one who goes on Rogan as well. <laughs> yeah, Willick. Willick, I think. Willick. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm stoned. I hope everybody's having a great day. What day is it today? Yeah. Fuck. It's, it's uh, Thursday. <laughs> I actually got to get running. I got an early morning. So it's been great talking with you all. Yeah. Smiley, Red Pill, Eagle, thank yeah. you for having me. Hopefully the fucking DDoSers fuck off and you guys can have a good connection issue-free night. But even if not, we're like fucking almost like these shows are like uh, almost like a cryptocurrency it's the right it's decentralized so even if you take eagle down we got smiley's internet you got red pills internet you got my internet and whoever's gonna jump in after i jump out so god bless Verizon. eagle down <laughs> hell yeah all right y'all have a great night peace and love thank you so much for having me i'm gonna jump in the chat a little bit yeah see you
So I was talking to Jack here, or to, not to Jack, but in chat about uh, Chad's talking about Mel Gibson being being like the fighting scene guy, but I don't I don't know, man. Uh, that's a hard sell there, I think. Yeah, he did do some movies back in the day, but. <laughs> Willis might fit that category a little better. I don't know. <laughs> Man, I would take Steven Seagal over Mel Gibson. Come on. Yeah, Seagal is legit, though, man. So He's fucking legit as fuck, actually. Probably one. Um, actually, Seagal, yeah, he's the first ever, like, white um, sensei in Japan. So... Yeah, they don't. They don't just give that fucking shit to you either. What up, Rez? Oh, I'm back now. I don't. It fucking happened again. I don't even know if I'm here, or gone half the time now. Because on the connection I'm at, I can't even. The video's not even moving. All I can do is hear you. I'm here. What's happening? Cheers. Is this a new look? Wait a second, I can see you twice. What the hell? <laughs> I spy or what, man? What are you doing? No, there's a, all four. Oh, maybe that's because my um, YouTube's still open. Maybe you can follow Chip. Oh, it closed it. So. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How's everybody doing this evening? Good, man. Good. I'm just laughing along with chat. Oh, good Fighting movies. <laughs> Nobody said Chuck Norris yet, so not that I've seen anyway. <laughs> so I only saw 14 seconds of the show. Well, good evening, everyone, by the way. I only got to see 14 seconds of the show. That's all I showed up. Yeah, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I did screw something up. I was host or whatever, but for whatever reason, uh, yeah, it didn't post. It, and it's a real. It definitely time. happened in the transfer, Smiley. From when I passed it to you, obviously that 15 seconds was. I'm not passing the blame, Eagle. I took the blame. Yeah. See how that. Oh, I know, but I just <laughs> I don't think it was something you did. I just think it was in the passing somehow. Yeah, it must have because, like, yeah, 15 seconds is probably about what it did when you, you know, when you switch off from it or whatever. So, maybe I, the only thing I can think of is maybe because I made you the host and I immediately clicked out of the meeting. I maybe I should have waited a few more seconds before leaving the meeting. Uh, Indeed, fucking never happened. I don't know, man. We'll figure it out. Hopefully we'll get another one, another chance to, I don't know, get Intergalactic back on. There's some cool shit though, Rez. So you have to check out his page and uh, and uh, if you want to go to the website, it's it's Happy Coast H A P P Y C O A S T dot org. And he, and he has like uh, comp. He's gonna have a compost up, and he'll have some pelletized. Um, like I did see the link down below the uh, in the uh, 
whatever you want to call it. Video description. description. Yeah, I was listening to Jack talk about, you know, finishing. I was like, I was talking about finishing small pots. <laughs> I wanted to ask, and I was in, that's the problem with me and listening. And I'll leave the phone here, and you guys will talk about something. I'll go in the room and be gone for half an hour, and I come back, and I'm like, oh, shit, I missed a half an hour of the show. But now I was in there checking on the small pots, you know. Yeah. Going good. Cool. You Kegel, how'd your how'd your barn burn? Oh, maybe he's out of the office for a second, or he's in the other office. Um, he, he uh, just the, got uh, camera turned off to try to save a little bandwidth. Oh, sure, I got man. up that, for nothing. I was barn? supposed to work with another guy today, and he fucking didn't call or nothing. Let me get up, and as soon as I got up and told him I was going to be there shortly after nine, he's like, I never even fucking heard from him yet, so not even ready to start the damn thing so i got up for nothing left the show That's early nothing. got up early for nothing and after two hours you were like so i, I just, didn't want to be barn anyway i fucking end up just staying up and getting some garden work done in the end it worked out for the best i think that's what i'm saying after like two hours i had already been in my other mindset of going you know what i really didn't want to go out the cold today anyway these plants need some work so I'm the only, I'm not the only one that has that mentality there. I know, like, I, back when I was doing the construction a lot of times, and they'd fucking, if it was raining in the morning, they'd be like, come back at noon and shit. I'd be like, man, by noon, I ain't going to want to fucking work, man. As <laughs> you're talking, a pot of coffee and fuck a couple dudes, man. Noon, I'm going to be fucking bowing the lawn. Fucking I noon. I ain't a buddy of mine got me a job once on, <coughs> laying, well, just helping the block layers <coughs> on the um, <coughs> Department of Defense training for like the CIA or something down at <coughs> Virginia. <coughs> Wild building. But I only saw the beginning of it. But every morning you had to sit in your car for two, three hours waiting for the water to fall. Couldn't get nothing done. And then they want everybody to go do stuff. And they're like, go get this, go that, get that. And I was already, I was already in the mindset of like, I don't freaking want to be here, man. I just sat here. Are you paying me for this? Oh, okay. You're paying me. But I said, shit, man, I'm sitting in a car trying to stay warm. No, thanks. I'd rather be at home. <laughs> Not too motivated. You know. It's the military, man. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up, wait. Hurry up, wait. Union. It's a union job right there. That's a union job. Hurry up and wait. Five of you guys go hold that shovel up. Oh, man. I don't like hurry up and wait at all. But I also don't like guys that show up in the job. The materials are supposed to be there. And they don't call you until halfway through the day and say, hey, we, that we didn't get it until four hours in. Or they, you get there and you're like, what the fuck? You guys should have had this first, first deck on already. Like, Steel didn't fit. The steel was wrong. I'm like, why didn't you call four hours ago? How many five guys here? Four hours. Some bitch, man. $25 an hour work. <laughs> like, All right. That's the thing. As long as you're paying me for that time, I'll stand there. But that's your problem. You know, you bring me to the job, you get me there, and you make me stand there for four hours. You're paying me for them four hours. Well, I know. What I'm saying is that those guys could have called me 
I just sent them doing their job. I just sent them back to my house and work on my own barn. Not sitting there and do nothing, try to wait on steel that didn't fit or try to, like, you're going to try to cut steel? We don't have no steel. You're not, you know, what are you doing? Call up, go to another job. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, if they had something else to do, they could have called me, you know, they must like sit around like wait on the materials for four hours when the job site's three hours, three miles from my house. I had development three miles from my house. Less than three miles, 2.5 miles. <laughs> yeah, they but in some jobs hard. like that, man, they they want you to show up. You do a job for time and material, you know what I mean? Uh, you want your guys sitting there that fucking four hours wait for material. Oh, yeah. You're charging for that shit. You know what I mean? At some point, no, they. Uh, hey, I've been on the other, the receiving end of that as well. You know, it's like pull up in a tractor trailer in the last 20 docks. There's only one dock pool. And if they don't get you by five, they got to pay you for a full day at $50 an hour automatically, 24 hours, right? At the max for $500. But how it worked out for that company at that time. And, I, and I'm, I'm getting ready to get out of the truck. And I see it. it was on the you know delivery instructions. I saw the truck backing in. He hit the dock. I walked in. I was I was still on time. I walked in. He's like, "What do you got?" I was like, "I got a freaking power. I got a, you got this whole thing here." He's like, "That's gonna take all day to get this truck done." I was like, oh, "I guess it sucks to be you. I guess you should unload me first. I said, oh, "This just cost you five hundred bucks," and they don't care because they're just warehouse guys on the floor. But the company just got charged an extra five hundred bucks. For a load, they could have got off in 10 minutes and counted down in 20. No. But who, did I care? No. It was freezing cold somewhere up in New York, and I wanted to stay in the truck and watch TV. So I was like, 500 bucks? Sure, baby. I'm sitting here today. <laughs> Same thing. Fun right. times. I don't miss it. That was a great episode, man. <laughs> nice. I hope it's somewhere it's in there. Chat. You already found out it's not recorded at all. You can't find it. I was in the garden. I, you were talking about. I can't find it. It's saying 15 seconds on my end, too. That's stupid. Okay. I, how, can it, how can it start a video and not know that it was like you know what i mean how can i cut it off at 15 seconds and the video never fucking stopped did you say welcome before you transferred it no that might be that's about 15 seconds in is where i did say fucking welcome i wonder if that's it somebody look real quick you might have yeah you're glitching the matrix Yep, you're right. That's 15 seconds in. It's right about when I hit welcome. Just hit my head maybe, right now. Maybe it just realized that, you know, my Zoom and my YouTube aren't corresponding with each other. I don't fucking know, but that's, that's I know why they, they did that. that. I think they did that for the sole purpose of trying to get the moderators who are just putting on never say anything or somebody else is doing it to make sure they actually... They were say we're involved before it starts. You know, that's just my theory. 
Pavlo's dog to keep training to do one more step to get to the next step, to give you one more step to get to the next step, and they give you three more steps to get to those two steps, and they give you five more steps to get to that one. <laughs> it's high school all over again. But it's, it's, it's education again. They're starting back kindergarten retraining. I was wondering how they could, what they could do with all these people who didn't have any job and weren't going to drive trucks anymore. They said they were going to ever put automated ones out. Everybody's just going to sit behind the damn TV now. And just <laughs> Buy this brush from Mammoth. No. <laughs> I only said that because they, when they were going on, the, what, what's that show? They said, we're not going to do an infomercial. We're not going to say that one all night tonight. We're not going to talk about that product all night tonight. Uh, Dog Go to Hut and all those guys. What's that on now? The uh, Growcast? No, not Growcast. Uh, what shows that they're not doing right now? He, he, he was talking about putting back up. I love his greenhouse, by the way. I'll go up here out there. Watch it. Awesome. We had a bunch of phones in the house tonight, man. A freaking Galaxy and a Samsung. Well, they're both good Samsung. No, that's Red Pill, the Samsung. You, you, you know Red Pill, right? From Yeah, man. Howdy. I don't know if we met, we met on here yet. I don't know. Oh, man, we got the infamous, the legendary, the legendary popping in. The man, the legend, the myth. Until he turns his camera on, maybe. <laughs> what up? What up? Oh, dude, up? I just lift it up and you come in and go, what up? <laughs> I was back pretty, I was sitting back pretty amazed when I was watching uh, the show because he was talking about the change in the pressure in his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, Thank I start thinking about all the different ways it may work in somebody's body to relieve pressure because, like, the one strain he gave me, he said it helps his sciatica. So there's some kind of pressure going on in different parts of the body, nervous system, because of different cannabinoids or terpenes or something. Yeah. I think it's the pinene limonene. I really do. Speaking of people that need to relieve pressure, we got Canna Trooper here weighing in on this. <laughs> How's that for an hey, Mr. Post, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I do appreciate that though because I I do think that's uh you know it it's one of the things that science can't deny and if laws ever get changed and you know the whole thing about being Schedule One one of the factors of that says it it, it has no me medicinal use uh, Schedule One drug but glaucoma is a hundred percent you know evidence <coughs> that glaucoma or uh, cannabis does something. Well, it's interesting, the whole thing, glaucoma thing, because when I was in the late 70s, early 80s, the yeah. conversation was like, well, if you want weed and you want to get what they're growing out there, what the government will give you, you got to have glaucoma. And, you always, and I would go in the back of my heart head going, no, I would not want to have glaucoma just to get weed. Yeah. The, the three things, the, the, the top list, if you look at any like uh, consideration of what the federal government considered as uh medicinal uh, you know ailments that uh, benefited from cannabis it was cancer glaucoma and aids as the top three yeah yep. 
used to always talk about them. Of course, and it wasn't AIDS back when I was hearing all the time. Then they added that to it. Has all kinds of benefits, man. I, I this it's one of the it's the first time I ever heard a story about it. A person, my friend's mom had breast cancer surgery. She didn't want to eat, so his wife went over, said basically was going to sit on her. You know, he said, here, we're going to smoke these two joints. You're not going to eat, but when you smoke these two joints with me, you're going to want to eat. She had never used. She was probably in her late. Minnie was probably in her, maybe already 70s. She had to be at least in her late 60s then. And um, she said, no, I'm not going to do it. Doris said, I'm going to sit on you or you're going to, I'll blow it in your face till you get, you get it up. She did. She started smoking. And she smoked and she got her appetite back. She got healthy. I don't know if she uses it anymore. She never did around me. You know, She would definitely enjoy some edible. She's still alive because I ain't heard about her passing. So um, I definitely would have heard. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Some older people like that for their, a lot of their pains. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was looking at those roots last night. They were cutting all these roots off, man. I'm thinking I heard on somebody talking about they're making topicals out of that. I hope no, they're doing spaghetti out of it. He said it, dude. They were making spaghetti. Out of it. I, I have seen one person actually do a, I don't know if it was um, a GC or mass spec, uh, spectrometer test, but they tested their roots and they came up with the highest, the highest percentage of THC. They came up with 2% THC from the roots. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Um, you ever have like a real light, um, crunchy, not a potato chip, but almost like a leaf type of freaky treat they'll sell in a bag. It's salty, right? You know, some kind of chip or, you know, you would try something you might yeah. get on it. I, don't know. I did some, I did six uh, fan leaves off a sticky plant and coconut, just that. And three and four and four teaspoons of coconut, and just did it on low on top of the burner until it started sizzling down. It's like oh, it's getting crunchy, and I pull, I smelled that, and I was like, what is that smell? That coming from something? It goes spaghetti or whatever. And I took one out, and it was crunchy, and it was almost like the taste of the seaweed from a uh, sushi. That's I just got it right now. But but like been- uh, a real a real salty note, like uh, over salted pretzel. I did it right in this. I did it when I heat my coffee and I just threw it in to see it because I was going to do it to throw some cannabis in and then make tea. And then it started getting this smell and then I just got to it late. I was figuring they were, they were kind of like charcoal, but they weren't black and they were tasty, man. I pulled them out. Mm-hmm. I pulled some salt on one of them, threw it in my mouth. I was like, man, this is a hell of a treat right here. I would I would grab a bowl of this, even if yeah. it started falling apart and throw it in my face. <laughs> That's getting me hungry for some pretzels right now. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. I like trying stuff like that. I like the things that happen by accident when you're trying to do something else. Now, how most things are invented. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know it would do that. And he went back and tried it again. You know? So now I need more leaves, a little less oil, hotter heat. Do it faster, you know, or blanched blanched oil already, like deep fried and just deep fry the leaves. Yeah, I, I had a I, I know a buddy that he's kind of he has a um 
culinary background. He's a chef by profession. And he taught me the blanching, you know, you're, you can um, take the chlorophyll off of flour before you even put it into uh, oil or butter. And that way you're not getting any of the chlorophyll into whatever you're mixing it with. How do you do that? Uh, a hot water bath. You rinse it over, the t- over, over time. You have like a little, uh, whatever those colander strainers or whatever, and you put the weed in there and you put water at like uh, right under underneath the temperature of boiling. And you rinse the water through the bud and it'll take off the chlorophyll, but it won't. Uh, the THC isn't soluble. If anything, because it's right under the temperature boiling, it'll maybe uh, decarboxylate the flour to some extent, but re- really what you're doing is you're stripping it of chlorophyll. You ever seen a big, uh, an ex- big espresso strainer? The big tubes that stand up, or I don't know what they call them. It's an express for making the, the juice for the next day. They make it the first day, and it drips through a big container, just drip. Bigs like uh, whatever, like looks like a rosin type I'll thing. I was seeing one of those when you were saying that with the tube, you could pour it out and we'd be in, inside of it. You just pour it at that temperature or top and flush through, It'd be right at the bottom. The tube well, in a, in a scientific setting, it's called a, a soxlet extractor distiller. I am and not the chemist in the room, my brother is. So. They they usually it's a thing where you usually do like say if something's really soluble in THC like if you wanted to use uh, uh, butane if if that's you know what what uses the best solubility for the oils that are on cannabis to strip them off. In this case, you would use a soxlet extractor and run uh, just H two O just water. And it's like a double-ended thing where the bottom of it is a boiling flask that boils water. The top of it is a condenser that condenses water. So, yeah, it's a continuous thing that runs over and over and over again. So you're constantly generating steam and you're constantly condensing water. And that hot condensed water strips, in this case, if you're running... Uh, cannabis or you know flour in this apparatus you'd be taking off the chlorophyll but because THC isn't soluble on water say you run this thing for like six to 12 hours it would totally strip uh, the polar or the the water soluble con- constituents of the of the flour but leave behind all the non-polar the essential oils the cannabinoids so if that's only if you wanted to really get technical and if you so really want to remove there's so many there's so many uses that people I mean and they're always it's always great to throw it in the compost pile at 100 whatever you do it but i just think there's so many things that go to waste with leaves uh, that could be used medicinally for people that they're missing in their daily routine and they're already growing it you know just by doing by throwing some leaves and some stuff well, and, and you know, like how, 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 how do we know what the exact uh, end of the entourage or ensemble effect is if you want to make like an aerosol or full, uh, full spectrum oil? Is, is there Have some extent? Have you ever smoked leaf and got hot? 
Uh, me, yeah, I mean, I have smoked trim and leaf. I've smoked leaf and coughed a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, you're going to cough a lot. It's really going to be harsh, but I mean, I I remember more than one time where I was months without any weed. I knew damn well what it was to get high. I pulled a leaf out of a photo album that I had that I'd stuck in there off a plant. Like, oh, there it is. I'm trapped in some relative's house. Nobody's got any weed two months later. And I'm like, there it is. Put that thing in a can, crush it, go get a beer can, you know, drink it real fast. Be like, fuck, man, dark side of the moon, man. (laughs) Like the dark side of the moon. That high off one leaf. But it was a good plant that came but was in flower. So I don't think I've ever smoked one off edge but the ones i cook up and they get me nice and feeling good man if i cook them in the oil well you know here's another thing too is uh just the leaves themselves are a full spectrum cannabinoid profile right it's the the metabolism and the the enzymes in the plant that produce either a thc profile or a cbc profile but if you're juicing leaves or doing anything else, so that making some type of leaf extract, you're mainly pulling CBG, but then you're also pulling whatever the plant uh, is capable of producing to well, THC like or CBG. How do, more, how do I get more CBG out of it? Juice the leaves or do an extract of a plant that's maybe only three to four weeks in a flower. The three second to four you, weeks in? Yeah, if you see a plant producing trichomes, it's producing trichomes maybe three to four weeks in. And then you do an extract on that. That's almost going to be like a 90% CBG cannabinoid profile because three to four weeks into the flower cycle, those cannabinoids aren't being synthesized either in the CBD or THC yet. They're just Egg, pure. Man, you just got me a bunch of CBG with plants. I thought yep. I wasn't going to have room for. I'd yep, yep. stay in there three weeks. <laughs> yep. Have you done, done. that? red pill is that something you do uh it's it's tertiary knowledge from other people it it just has to do with the the end results if the later you want later you go on testing flower maybe week one two three four the less of a cbg count is and once you go later in the flower past the natural cycle of a plant's flowering cycle that's when you're going to get cbd uh cbn so it's so a balance. You, you know when your plant is harvested at the exact right date, when you have the lowest amount of CBG and CBN and the highest amount of either THC or CBD. Uh, anything else, if you're getting higher amounts of CBG, your plants can go longer. If you're getting higher amounts of CBN, you took the plant too late. And it's, I read a... I don't know if it was a paper or the, uh, maybe it was just a short study I read. I think it was from a paper where he talked mm-hmm. about going, uh, maybe it wasn't a paper. But anyway, two weeks, if you were shot for two weeks less than your typical finish time where you would get it early in, in, into a, the THC, that then you would bump up your um, CBG, but also still get the flower. But you're saying three weeks in? If you want a pure extract, yeah. I mean, you can't do this with hash, probably. You can't make like a water or a dry sift from three weeks harvested no, plants. Put it, you're saying it's really good. So if you if it was like blended up in frozen cubes, just like you do. You would have um, to do an ethanol or, you know, 
hydrocarbon extraction or CO2 even, but that's the best way of getting a pure or high concentrate of CBG. Other than there is a plant, I forget the exact, the people who you know, found it or have a license on it or have a patent on it, but there is actually a cannabis strain out there that has a knocked out THC synthase gene to where it, it only makes CBG. So the higher you drive that plant to produce cannabinoids, it just gets more and more backed up with CBG. You can grow it uh, seedless and wind up with like 20% CBG, or you can get it, you know, seeded and it's probably only going to test as high as like C, uh, 6%. I, have, yeah, I think this all goes along with just in the natural talk, when you're talking about it in natural, without even going scientific with it, everybody likes different fruits at different times. Sometimes if there's a tomato I'm never going to want to bite it. I mean, because it's green, but it'd be good fried. But everybody will take a fruit. Like a, some people will like more tart in their strawberry. And some people like it real sweet. Some people will never eat it when it's mushy. And they'll never touch it. Me? I don't give a shit. That mushy is going in my face and it's not rotten. You know I mean? It's so I think it's the same thing. If you take the full spectrum of a plant. See, you know Because I, I heard the eagle earlier he said it's done when it's done he said i'll see you when it's done it's not a certain time it's done when it's done see i like that because he may like like it done the next phase earlier or you might like it done the next phase later and so you get it later you're like no i like that earlier you're like ah shit i'm going back that week earlier than next time so i think it's the same thing that as long as we go through the full spectrum you know, that's the way I see it anyway, what, what you're saying there. I mean, early. Well, and then we're talking about blending things too. Like say, like we want to get so to the, uh, let's say we're going to just like go the other route of pharmaceuticals. We're going to try to produce medicine, but we're not going to let the pharmaceutical company do it. And then we make proprietary blends of plants that you can harvest at week three or four that have, like we were saying, a 90% CBG, uh, CBD uh, cannabinoid, or I'm sorry, CBG cannabinoid profile, right? But then we mix it with other things that have cannabinoid modulating terpenes like the limonene and pinene that we take from high THC varieties. And then you make a tincture of those two cannabinoids mixed. So you have like a one-to-one -one ratio of CBG to THC, but backed up with all those uh, potentiating modulating cannabinoids. You know that we, you know that that's just. So what do you think is the uh, prime time to harvest any sort of <laughs> strain? Because what I'm finding, especially in the hemp sector, when they're just doing heat CBG, they want to harvest around six weeks. Because in testing at like week three, when we have the uh, state administrator come through and take their samples, they can't even get a measurable amount of CBG at week three. But by week okay. six, when we found that is the most prime time to actually harvest CBG. But you can't go later because then you're going over 1% THC. Okay, but how, when, that, when you're saying that, six weeks, how, how long is that typical strain, did you say? Uh, that's with this particular CBG strain, but uh, past that, but before so, that, we don't have anything measurable. That's that's what I'm saying. Is like it, they, it would be it would be really helpful if I knew the name of that strain that people pass around that is an actual CBG dominant strain because it has a knocked out THC synthase. I mean, but, I see 
saying they just they've they've bred it and that 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 way that's just what it tests out at i don't know what its lineage is i just know that it's their cvg they have it in their system strains the only way to get cbg from a a super high uh, thc strain is to harvest it early before thc is in production well like i said this is a hemp strain Mm -hmm. but will it will that hemp strain produce high amounts of cbd if left seedless and taken to full harvest no that's why they're doing it with c uh in hemp is because it has very low cbc uh thc and it has very high cbg cbd though if you leave it leave it to harvest uh, like a, they definitely have a CBD content. I don't. I can't remember what it was. You know, at at what five, point does the CBG will be converted to CBD? Couldn't tell you, man. I was just, I just focusing on the CBG part of the information from the test that the uh, state gives me. Yeah, because we're gonna the starting building block is always going to be CBG, no matter what the uh, metabolism and you know, enzyme breakdown of those cannabinoids are going to later on be, you're starting with CBG always. There's not a, a, a different cannabinoid that starts off the, as the building block. So, Okay. Yeah. I don't know which one first came in. All I know is what their testing was at three weeks and six weeks. In between there, that's what I mean. Peak production. Anything later than that, your CBG is going to be converted. If it's a, uh, whatever you want to call it, UN appropriate uh, cultivar for growing hemp or high CBD production, then it's not going to produce THC. Hopefully and sometimes they're going to go over that 0.3% seed production in there is going to lower it by many factors. They get seeded. I know the THC content was under 0.3. Right. See, so that's, I mean, it's, it's really what you want to end up doing with that plant. Cause even like if, if you find like a variety that you can end up growing, that's got like 0.1% THC, but 28% uh, CBD pulling it at like week three or six, you know, maybe that's a higher producing CBG plant. I don't know the exact amount that your tests showed, you know, between whatever, three to 12%. You know what I mean? Is what I would guess at that point. Cannabinoid, um, you know, concentrate. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the strain name was. So I wish I could give you that information, but yeah. I just want one that actively would kill the pain in that area as well as a uh, fruity <laughs> I don't take those things anymore. But I'm still looking for that strain and it'll kill that pain in that area. CBDs, right? CBG, the hemp's the way to go, right? Kill the pain without putting yourself to sleep all the time. Well, CBN is what's going to make you go night-night, right? CBN. And then I would call CBD the balance in between CBG and CBN. If you want to call both ends of the spectrum, CBN is going to go night, night. CBG is going to be the, the what you can smoke the most of and still feel and it, uh, um, you know, energized. And then CBD is going to be what balances you out right in the middle. Gotcha. 
because I've heard people say that in high volume, CBG makes you feel sleepy, but I don't, that didn't match anything that I know about the cannabinoid being where it starts from and where it comes from. Because uh, the whole thing with like a, a cultivar, like super silver haze is some people take it at like 10 to 11 weeks. And then some people take it 13 to 14 weeks and the psychoactive properties that people uh, associate with hazes are taking from those earlier harvests because they don't have any of the CBNs. They're mostly a pure uh, THCA with not even a lot of the THCA being converted to Delta nine regular form THC. So it's a lot of THC with maybe one or 2% CBG because they're harvesting a haze plant somewhat early. And that potentiates in this case, a lot of the terpene profiles are humulene and terpylene. That That's what gives you the haze, more psychoactive, psychedelic effect versus a plant that, uh, a super silver haze plant that you're going to harvest that week 13 to 14, that already has CBN production. And because it was harvested later, it has a diminished amount of terpenes, the, the humulene and terp terpylene. What's up, world last hope? Might as well jump. What's going on, guys? Oh, man. I was saying you wanted to jump in on the on the combo. Yeah, why not? I might yeah, for a little bit, why not? So we're trying to water. Little little gimpy, but I'm all right. I actually had a question that I had pulled back. I mean to start off with this. But uh I was thinking about more uh plant ferments. And uh, you're familiar with cilantro, or in the case of it going to coleander, right? You ever hear of anyone making a plant ferment with cilantro? Especially, yes, especially if you were already feeding cilantro with KNF inputs and then harvesting that cilantro and making itself a plant ferment. And mainly I asked that question because it's uh, very... Uh, abundant in a lot of different monoterpene uh, terpenes, and I was wondering if you know making plants that them themselves are already really high terpene producers, making ferments of them, does that translate or uh, you know uh, inhibit the plant you're feeding it to to produce more terpenes? Well, it, it definitely enhances them, of course. Um, just plants feeding plants, when it all breaks down to it, it's way more simple than most people think what do you want to enhance? Okay, find something that's super high in it, start feeding that consistently, plant starts adjusting to it, starts enhancing that, that zone. Do that with myrcene, terpylene, pretty much any fuck, like, and you can tailor each strain to actually be different flavors individually, even if you're growing like 200 pounds of this, 200 pounds of this, 200 pounds of this, I can make 75 pounds taste like this, 75 pounds taste like this, 75 pounds like taste like this, and it's all the same strain, it all will smoke and taste a little bit different but i'll hit you the same because cilantro is really high in terpene alcohols and the terpene alcohols are what people are expressing when they're talking about a joint uh, uh sorry a joint burning the whole length of the joint and the taste of it not staying or you know staying the same till the very last of the joint 
Those oh, are definitely. I, I really I feel like the mercine mercine levels have a lot to do with that too. Honestly, mercine and, ter and terpene for sure. Yeah. Yep. But again, I also feel like sulfur, magnesium, um, a water soluble, biodegradable phosphorus, potassium source that's also high in enzymes also has a lot to do with it. Also, a lot of people don't understand your bubble hash water is a double edged sword because it's actually you're taking a very, very leftover product. Okay, what does your bubble hash water have in it? Terpenes, flavonoids, THC, uh, mercine, fucking high hormone levels from your plant being finished. Um, also, dude, all kinds of other different shit. But it's just like if you're straight up feeding that to your plants consistently in a fermented form, it's immediately available. The plant can uptake it, but it's concentrated. So you're not having to feed five gallons for you know a five gallon regiment. You can actually ferment it, concentrate it, and use one to five mils. So you just made five gallons into like fucking, let me think here, 15,000 gallons worth of food. And it's terpenes fighting off pests. It's late hormones helping the plant progress. It's THC feeding THC. And then you start, and you're also taking the um, straight up uh, microbes from your last run, transferring them to your next run. And then when you have your next run, you pour out a quarter of it and add a quarter of your next batch and just keep doing that. And all of a sudden you're starting to make almost like an IMO colonization. You're starting to add more and more different types and then the bad guys start getting eaten. And then you have a super nice concentrated mix. that's just like, dude, after a while, like you start realizing once you start dialing in your ferments and using them for so long, dude, they become so strong. Nothing can touch them. Hey, you, at the end of this, you can tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I gave a hypothesis of where, what people identify as that roadkill skunk or driving through a neighborhood with your car, you know, and smelling the skunk. I gave a hypothesis of the microbial life in a plant being able to indicate to other plants certain things that were going on in its environment, like uh, animal predation. And in this case, oh, yeah. maybe uh, deer. So in this uh, outdoor grow, you got that susceptible to deer predation. And deers naturally don't like the odor of skunk, right? Skunks will combat a deer encroaching on it by spraying it with its skunk spray. So through the inhabitants in this environment of natural inhabitants of the deer and the skunk coexiding, and you growing cannabis in this environment, do you think the microbes somehow initiate a response to the plant smelling more like skunk to deter the deer from eating the plant? Have you ever seen a documentary, What Plants Talk About? Yeah, that's that's a little bit where I that's got it. That's exactly what it is, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Autoimmune response, it sends out a hormone that actually calls upon different prey to fight the pest that it's dealing with. But the environment has to be stable. If you're running brand new shit, you can't be like, no, we're just going to wait for it. Because again, it's, it all depends on the time of the season too. Because again, like you'll, if you're a, a commercial grower outdoors, you'll notice that even like, so I had a um, ladybug population in my, one of my crops, one of like the 700 or what was it? 1300 plant field, like one of the three that was, um, super abundant ladybugs there was something around that crop that dude there was like 15 to 30 ladybugs a plant 
like naturally it was awesome but the second those ladybugs receded and actually went into dormancy and actually began their new cycle where they laid eggs the old guys died off the cannabis aphids came in because there was nobody to protect the plants and then once the ladybugs re-inhabited and took over again i already i'd already taken care of them but there wasn't any like anybody to fight against you know what i'm saying like they're they're a lot bigger and a lot stronger but dude on that scale like dude it's funny because you can do sulfurs oils um soaps uh enzymes any like whenever you're dealing with mites you need oil you need to rotate because every time they lay eggs the next series that just popped up is now immune to what you just pretty well sprayed but you also have to catch you so you have to catch the adults before they lay the eggs you have to spray them again to make sure that the eggs don't hatch and if they do hatch you have to catch them before they lay eggs again and it, you would spray a third time that way that they don't have a chance to lay eggs the third time but you have to rotate you normally go like oils enzymes um like sulfur well sulfur and then beneficials or you can rotate between the five but big scale dude if you're going to spray five six different things to treat things dude you're going to have your guys spraying fucking seven days a week for weeks you know what i'm saying just rotate 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 so you want to do what you can but again like in my opinion you do a contact killer a wipe a preventative and then a reapply Mm mm-hmm well, what plants talk about? I'm glad you mentioned that uh, eagle. That was when it, when we talked about that that the other day, when I kind of spewed that out. Ooh. That's the very first original thing I heard it from is a documentary. Dude, it is it's insane because again they have plants that are naturally evasive, so they start taking over different species. They actually start dropping seed and start like over dominating mm-hmm. the space for canopy space. So they actually suck the light out of the air and suffocate the other plants out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain plants that actually the second that, so for instance, like if this, okay, I'm not going to even bring it to the cannabis world. Okay. So there is certain plants out there that certain pests are very well attracted to because they have saps and everything else. So like say one plant gets ants, some plants will actually put off a pheromone in the air that will actually call on a, like a wasp and a wasp will come up and actually start killing the ants on that plant, but it'll actually make it. So the wasp is not interested in that plant at all, but it'll Mm -hmm. only be interested in that fucking prey that is attacking it. Mm -hmm. And then it'll actually try to put out pollen to be like, again, when you cut your grass, when you mow your grass and you smell it, that's the plant saying, hey, we've been fucked up. That's this defense mechanism putting out a hormone in the air. Where do you think the cannab- or the plant brain, cannabis brain, plant brain is located? Do you think that's the something? first trans- mycelial spore, I feel like, because, well, what, well trans- again, like is, that, that's the really whole, like, what, what do you think is older? Do you think the first there, mushroom spore it, is older, or do you think the redwood forest is older? Is there any bit of Wi-Fi? Do the plants work on a natural form of Wi-Fi? It's more Bluetooth. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, definitely. It's it's, it's, it's the the mycorrhizal fungi that transmits throughout the entire mycelial floor of the forest, 100%. But it actually, again, that's another thing that's really awesome about that documentary is they took a redwood forest. They took a seed that dropped from a mother plant. The seed started to sprout. They actually put hormones in the mother plant tried to stress the sapling out had a um something that they could actually sense 
the hormones in that plant, like they could visibly already, I don't remember how they could read it in the plant, but they're like, no, we can definitely see the uptake as like we look visually through the actual tree, we can see it. And then they came back a few weeks later and they stressed the sapling out that was right next to the mother, was not connected to the root structure or anything else, but just through the mycorrhizal colony that went from the forest floor to that sapling, the mother actually leached the hormones from it into the sapling to try to help it out because it was stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, plants would con compete like that. If you put two cannabis seeds, just two, two cannabis seeds in one little plot, one of them is going to outcompete and smash on the other. That's just see. Like that's well. That's the thing is that's a very delicate subject right there because if you run the same strain, the plants are built kind of the same, but they share the same medium. They can actually perform the same, but it definitely if they're different strains, they drink differently, eat differently. One will definitely dwarf, dwarf the other for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. actually, if you look through my page, I do. I call it the tote tech, but it's the 27 gallon totes, but you run two plants per tote. They share 13 and a half gallons per soil each, but they also share root space. So, but they don't compete. They're actually super flat canopy the entire time, but I do mainly one strain, one strain per tote at least. So they, they don't compete. They actually kind of coexist together. They're like, Oh, you're alfalfa. Fucking sweet. We're alfalfa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep, same in, in my uh, alfalfa was a pimp, dude. Alfalfa is a pimp still, dude. Weird, that that fool's been hanging out for days. I hate your stinking guts. You make me vomit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting the cough out is coming up, man. It's up on the fifteen-minute warning, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to replant this room, but I don't know if I have enough fucking plants to reset it yet. I might have to clone them. It sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Empty spaces, man. <sighs> it sucks because I normally, well, I normally fucking harvest reset like the same day. And I didn't have plants ready, so I had to harvest, let it sit. I had to wait for money to come in to re-amend. I harvested another room amended reset that one and now i'm resetting the one before that one but i'm like fuck i might actually have to clone to reset this one and i need new bulbs and hoods in this fucking room so god damn i need to get on that shit but me being hurt is not fucking helping at all yeah well, man how are you feeling good. i forgot to ask i wanted to ask you that dude how are you ah, rough day oh yeah. it is that's you just, you normal in life, unfortunately. I got heart problems, and then when you fucking go too hard one day, you start fucking pulling muscles and shit, and yeah, I ended up tearing three. That's not fucking fun. All on your shoulder from, like, shoveling or some shit? No, I got one that's... I tore my the top of my pectoral muscle, like, right above my nipple, pretty much, and then I tore... A, a muscle in my rib cage actually underneath my pectoral on, on the bottom of my rib cage and That's then one underneath my shoulder blade in my rib cage oh dude yeah so it, like i'm sitting here like i already have heart problems my heart was out of wax so my heart's like already kind of enlarged and inflamed so i'm sitting here breathing and it's putting pressure on my heart but yet my fucking muscles are killing me so it's like just knocking the wind out of me all fucked it was rough still rough but i'm still on the man i still have shit to do it's not gonna fucking it's gonna slow me down but it's still not gonna fucking pay the bill so you do what you gotta do 
Existence is pain. You just live with it, right? Yeah, I have a question. Never. All right, go ahead. There's produced a lot of seeds before. What was that? Made a lot of seeds, like a large harvest. Did your whole harvest? That's seed um, I've done. If anybody saw me hold that bud yeah, up. Yeah, I've done. A, I've done a couple. I've done. Um, well, I did my mail of my Docs OG back like five or six years ago, and then I just did the Han Solo Burger mail. But I did like thirty-two strains the first time, and then like seven strains or five strains the second time. But they're like already completely all sold out. So my question is, when you have a large, what what does the seed account seed count um, account for in a plant? If it wouldn't have been seeded, is it more track? Is it more glands? Is it more? So let's put it this way. So you have a plant that is a female that's in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. She's the all-star. She grows. She does fucking 60 points a game, right? <laughs> now that bitch is pregnant and she's eight weeks pregnant. How do you think she's going to do playing? No, no, no. All her effort goes into making seeds. It doesn't go into being productive and being flashy and looking good. It goes into making babies. Well, these did both. How about that? But anyway. I'm oh, you can definitely what, do both, but it's not going to inhibit the trichrome content. No, that's not what I was saying. It's not going to hinder the growth, but you're not going to try to get bud. You're trying to get actual, just, just seeds. Yeah, unless you're select pollinating. No, I'm saying what, if this didn't have seeds, what would the seeds be? Just more, much more size? Oh, you mean like if, if it did the, not pollinate that plant? Yeah, seed, I mean, I just wonder if there's something that it translates oh, into so, exactly. If oh definitely so if the plant was pollinated it could have been anywhere from ten to fifty percent okay so depends on the week of the seeds if you get a pop 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 that's week two to three if you get white seeds that's week four if you get full black seeds and striped seeds that's week five like done so that means when the plant pollinated it's that's how long it's been pregnant so instead of it putting energy into making pretty buds and bulking and doing everything else it's working on making seeds it takes all the energy out of the plant. Right, the, the seeds hold all the energy, Res. Like that's, that's no, I'm still not saying that. I'm saying is that's the nutrients, the new. So, plant. so if, if that plant wouldn't have been pollinated, that plant would have probably produced at least ten to fifteen percent better. I would have gone the yield. So let's put it this way: if you it's have a, a chick that is pregnant in like the WNBA that produces sixty a game again, but then she gets pregnant and goes to thirty a game versus yeah. sixty a game, like she's yeah, still half worried. her shit, still killer, but not even close to where she was. Right, well, I couldn't get this question wrong. asked from a breed, from a big breeder. He, they couldn't answer the question. Was we need to have it tested? I was like, none of you guys have ever had your weed tested at seeded. You don't test your seeded yes. weed too. At this point, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Okay. Like, because again, like, be whenever by, you, it's going to be by a factor of four to six times less pruning. Definitely, definitely, yeah. at least, at least, at least. But no, like, especially like if, if you're growing big scale and something gets seeded, that shit still has to be tested to see what the THC, CBD, all that shit is. And if it's clean and all that shit, because everybody want, doesn't, if it's seed or not, people still want to pick it up. Oh, they're growing. They still need to know what's in it. If it's seeded, they're like, dude, we have a marker for that. If it's not seeded, we have a marker for that. If it's just leaves and stems, we have a marker for that. Like, they're looking for biomass. They're also looking, dude, when extractors come to you and go, dude, sweep your shop floors what were you trim we'll buy that because we can take the dirt out of it like are you fucking grill god damn greasy seeds man all right 
God, God damn. Yeah, man. Gross right there. It's like the Hermie rate that increases when you start feminizing. Yeah, I ain't doing that. Why is that? Uh, well, if you take so, how does how does a seed normally feminize itself? So it feminizes an S one. So it has a it comes from a regular pack of seeds, and it was more than likely either if if it was stable, so if it never hermied before at all ever grown for a while, then all of a sudden somebody grew it and threw light on it at one point, and it just was like, oh well, we don't like this, so it started to try to make a fem a male part that had female pollen and tried to pollinate itself so all the seeds <laughs> from that are females there's so, a good old high time story that is no, jack bought no, a pack I... of regular seeds and then they went to seed and he grew the seeds the next year they grew up they, they were all females they grew big and tall were bigger and better than the last plant smell better some of them went to seed and he grew those seeds the next year and then half of them ended up just making seeds by themselves and then the next year they were all seeds because you can't go you have to introduce a boy if you go girl that makes a female it's, it's pretty much a girl that goes and gets donated semen but only makes girls and then the girl comes out and goes i would love to be a boy so they go they grow up and go well i would love to make babies and then the babies go i don't know what the fuck i am but yeah, if you have something that's feminized in the line that's true, but like say if you have a regular regular line and then you go regular regular feminized so now the, the female rate is actually going to start raising versus the male rate which is still might be fully stable but it all depends okay. on how you're actually feminizing. If you're using colloidal right. silver, if you're using a late Hermy, if you're taking right, something but... that's super, super right. stable and taking it like 16 weeks. Yeah, but let, yeah. let me well, hold on. Let me let me interject. Uh, let me interject this real fast. Is the the state of cannabis in the wild is intersex? Okay. Yes. So when when you're introducing a hormone like uh, in, uh, interrupter type thing like silver and you're spraying different females you can measure how easy they are to reverse the male uh by that, that that's an indication of telling you how much intersex traits are left in those genes or genotype hmm. that's so interesting the, Do you know the, about a the, couple different ways of feminizing? Like I, I know a well, handful this is, of ways. Yeah, this mean, is across the board. We might sit board. down and actually this talk about like just different. Uh, okay. This is a hundred percent across the board from doing it with any type of chemical that induces a hormone change, or anything from stress factoring. So the the easier it is to make a female turn into a hermaphrodite indicates how much intersex genes she has. Right. So the, the, the harder it is to induce male stamen on a female, indicate the more stable it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Again, that's the, that's the shitty thing about feminized seeds is it all depends on what it's slept with. If it's got Hermes, guess what? You're going to get fucking, you're going to get fucking hepatitis. But that's different than saying that all feminized seeds are going to be more likely to hermy. No, they're not. Though. No, that's no, no. Thing, though, so that's, that, that's, them, not even, that's not even you, the case at all. You, you got to so sacrifice. You... you have to sacrifice the low seed count. Say if you reverse some well, female that barely has any pollen sacs and you're crossing it to either itself S1 or another phenotype and you have a low seed count, that's actually a beneficial thing because that says that that female that got reversed is harder to throw off 
hermaphroditic or intersex traits, even by chemical in- induction. Not interjecting, but at the same time, pheno, pheno, pheno difference. Some, some phenos you get that are super heavy yielding everything else. But one thing that I have found with the um, feminized strains is if you buy regular seeds, boys and girls, you are, what, 95% going to get something that's stable, more than likely, unless it has some genetics in it that are feminized or has problems. If you get, do, if you take something that is normal or has any kind of problems of, and you of, feminize of, it, it's going to enhance that. But, F1 hybrid. Say like if you know you're making something yeah. from that's so far distinct between like a, a lemon haze and a bubba kush, then yeah, yeah. those are going to be exactly. very stable. Opposed to like an OG cross to a chem dog, then they're going to get a whole lot exactly. more. Interesting. Well, well, exactly. Chem, well, chem dog is originally an S one, so it's a bag seed. That's where it came from. Is Grateful Dead concerts? It's a bag seed, but <laughs> the traits pass over. But if you grow them differently or correctly, they don't hurt me. So you can tailor them not to do that. It's just like cherry pie. Cherry pie doesn't even grow hermy parts. It grows fucking male parts from day from fucking week two to six. But it literally does not have that viable of pollen. So it actually only throws like, you know, six to 10 seeds in the whole crop. So it, it kind of, but again, like if you have something that's regular and you cross that to a regular and then you cross that to a feminized, like okay. you're going to end up with females. But if you cross that back to a regular, you're going to end up with higher female rate than male rate. Here's a here's a pro tip uh, a pro tip to breed uh, stable varieties and hybrid vigor. If you pick two plants that are far distinct from their morphology, saying a tall, lanky plant with thin leaves and a very short, statured, wide leaf plant, and they both also display very far distinct different terpene profiles like one's extremely fruity no fuel and then one's extremely fuely no fruit those two plants are going to make an actual pure true hybrid no matter how interbred or whatever modernized the genetics are if you you pick two distinct different morphologies and terpene profiles they're going to form a, a, a hybrid that not if not if your one that you pick is a recessive and the other one's dominant exactly so again like that's you have that's like you have two white people and you they have blue eyes and blonde hair and you end up with ginger but, but that but that's what i mean you, you you're not picking from the same gene pool like if you you're can not mistake, picking from the same gene pool no, hold on hold on you can mistakenly <laughs> you can mistakenly pick from the same gene pool if we actually uh, convince ourselves that uh, the diesel terpenes in whatever chem dog and sour diesel terp, uh, strains are some way related to the OG terpenes. If you're breeding OG to sour or chem dog, you're intersex relating those plants versus far distinct terpenes like a super lemon haze and like a bubba kush, which have no relation to each other. If you, if you cross a bubba kush to a super lemon haze, you're making a true hybrid versus because again there's like nothing really in it and you're gonna have like five five pretty much five different variants you're gonna have straight mix the bubble leaner and then the super silver haze leaner and then the full leaners both sides yeah, yeah. land race to land race yeah yeah so that that that's just a way to right now if we get convoluted and all the strains that we have and we still need to look for hybrid vigor 
or just completely new phenotypes, you still have to make those crosses. Those short flowering, I, I forgot to add that too. Plants that flower in between 50 and 60 days. You cross those to plants that finish in 90 to 110 days. That's a complete new hybrid. You know? Oh yeah, well, again, Northern Lights, first pure indica, first pure sativa hybrid. That's, like, that, that's another reason why everybody's breathing, breeding onto the Northern Lights right now is because it fucking throws out so many different new expressions for everything. It's insane. Where you're breeding to try to get a combination of the hybrid, you know, the hybrid figure. I like hybrid figures. Exactly. Well, again, like GMO. GMO is, is labeled GMO because of how fast it grew. But if there's a perimeter that's been set, even if it has to be made by a standard of degree that's written down and followed to go back to, to go through so many stages so you can prove that you've done that. I'm okay and, with that too. And and imagine a, a GMO being crossed to something like a white Russian, right? Oh, dude, or like a white rhino or a fucking, yeah. like straight up old school ice. Yeah. yeah. So how many, who's a dog breeder? How many, how many different... Uh, Parental changes do you have to make before the AK, whatever, will say, yeah, that's a new breed. How many, you know? Well, the AK-47, wasn't AK-47 just an Afghani <laughs> leaner that the was... Well, the one you want to pick out of AK and supposedly from Simon, he says you have to pick from a thousand, is the Cherry AK, which I've had. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I've had the Cherry AK, I've had the AK-47, and the AK-48. I was relating to the dogs. I was oh, the Chem Dog, Chem D, B-Dog, all that. Oh, yeah. Regular dogs. Bark, oh, bark. 420. <laughs> Regular dog. Oh, yeah. Dude. Well, that's like funny as far as that shit, that shit straight up fucking 100% translate when you're doing normal breeding with dogs, for sure. Well, yeah, but she's, that's the thing. So if I hand you my seed and I say, here's the lineage... Then you know exactly what you got. But at the same time, how many people get a dog that they buy for a, fifty bucks and go, "Oh, I've got a girl over here that's a purebred," or my dog ran yeah, off yeah, and fucked this other chick. Makes a great dog. <laughs> it's a good dog. It made a new hybrid, but it's gonna carry. Hopefully, it's gonna carry them traits. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Cheers, man. Cheers. Yo, uh, shout out to the chat. That's how they. With the, talked about this once before. That's how he made a goat. You know, the goats I had, they had to go through so much. Fuck, man. Fucking, oh, my left side is just killing me. I don't see the chat right now, but I know they're riding with us. So everyone out there just watching us, shout outs to you. Oh, fucking, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm breaking up some uh, what it was told to me as peanut butter breath, but I don't believe that under the circumstance that I have this flower. So what it's just was that a nectar collector you, you were using? I don't have a nectar collector, no. No, Smiley, was that a nectar you were using? Yeah, yeah. I just got this one. Okay. Right. How do you like it? It's all right. Yeah. It disassembles, so it's easy travel, but it's glass, so I don't want to travel with it. So, like, I don't know. 
Have you seen those uh, electric ones? Oh, yeah, the dipstick. Yeah. Uh, dude, if you can get a, uh, what is it, like, a, I think it's like a five mil e-nail. So you can hook that shit up to an e-nail. If you, there's clips. Yeah, there's like. They go so- on to the actual, like, fatter piece yeah. so you can set a temperature. Dude, you set a temperature. Because, again, that's the problem I hate with the, the nectar collectors is you want to take a fat hit sometimes. And it kind of runs out of kind of runs out of yeah, heat. Yeah, yeah. So if you can keep that email on there, you're just sitting there like just take as much as you want. Take a fucking puddle or a fucking slab and just hammer away. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I definitely would agree with that. If you're gonna take a slab, <laughs> you know, a big big hit. I like the nectar collector because I can control a nice little hit and I don't have to have like like if I heat a banger and I drop it in there. Then you're just still hitting the motherfucker, right? Even though you're fucking coughing your lungs out, it's still it's still smoking the shit up, you know? Like, I don't know. So this is, I don't know. I just think it's clean. Night- yeah. I, dude, and the I nicest see- thing about those fucking emails is you get, like, 10 of your fucking crew members that need to, like, oh, we need to take a break to smoke. Dude, turn the email on. Everybody walks up there. You know, like, fucking... 20 dabs in 10 minutes versus sitting there going <laughs> and then waiting a minute and a half <laughs> and then taking a dab and clearing it and then the next person goes and then everybody needs three You're like taking an hour and a half to smoke holy shit <laughs> third world problems third, third world problems for sure right oh, man. I can't Give smoke my weed fast enough this is bullshit dude you get to smoke weed Lucky, fuck you. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, pack a pipe, go. <laughs> All right. What's the floral term? The floral term would be floral term. Like rose. Like There's a whole bunch of them. What you're smelling is mainly, like I said, my favorite of the terpenes, the terpene alcohols. It could be linalool, oh. it could be geraniol, it could be yeah. cedrol. You like the those? Terpene. Yeah. Does anybody, uh, has anybody ever uh, grown or smoked SR71 Purple Kush? Nope, I've had Purple Kush, but I don't know what 71 is. So, it's probably more than likely it's the SR. Was it that it threw like pretty decent sized buds, but it was purple as flying shit pretty well from day one? No, mine was slightly tinted purple and mainly more like a uh, average bud size, average bud consistency. It's sticky, but no, it just smelled like purple. We didn't have many much of the purple color. So this one is. Also labeled ultraviolet, it is actually famous from the club in Amsterdam SR seventy one. It's their pick of an of an Afghani, but it goes pretty well purple from day one. But it tastes it's like purple and purple purple and potpourri. Like it's not a very pleasant flavor in my my opinion. It's fun to grow, but it's not very stable. It her if it has any kind of problems at all, it Hermes week six. If it's perfectly fine. Money in the bank, week nine. But it doesn't yeah. really throw much pollen. But it throws these big old fat fucking whopper buds on it. But like literally the undercarriage of the plant, like if you if you take a shot of the under leaves, 
they look like the like T8 black lights, like the carnival ride black lights. I mean, it's fun. But actually, I just I just grew a cross of uh, what is it? Uh, Orange Dreams. What was it? The uh, Wet Dreams, which is that cult classic ones. What was it? OG Kush Breath Times Blue Dream on I think it was like uh, Orange Orange Tree Times Orange SR71 Purple Kush, but it tastes just like SR71 Purple Kush. Pretty fucking indica but no orange in it at all. It's all, it tastes all like SR71 Purple Kush, but way stronger. This OG will put you right in the bed, man. Oh, man. man. Coast to coast, man. Everybody's got it, right? Oh, man. I just finished a room of the, my Triangle Kush, the Donnie Burger, uh, Garlic Breath, GMO. Like, I just have some heavy, heavy hitters, man. I'm like, whoo. And then I did the Orange Dreams, and I was like, Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> like dude i'm smoking the ogs of ogs and then i grew these the best i've grown them and like i'm like fucking this one is indica shit though like god damn yeah yeah well, i'm gonna yeah, jump out guys in fucking that time i don't know if he goes <laughs> in or out or what he's doing but yeah i'm gonna go yeah, yeah I, just, I just i just dipped in to say hi say hi to the chat say what's everybody's doing Figure to poke Smiley for a second, make him make him laugh. <laughs> Always, man, good good times. Yeah, he's not all right, man. Host, so I don't know. But you guys have a wonderful night. Hope all your plants yield heavy on our greenish shit. So have a wonderful night, guys. Peace. Yep. There you go. Later, man. I'm jumping out too. Peace, everyone. Get some rest. If you're resting, if you're working, be safe out there. Have a good one, Rez. Thanks, man. Yeah. Eagle. The Eagle's landed. Dude, I ain't even going to try to do shout-outs tonight, man. This thing's went out too many times. And I know as soon as I get partly way through it, it's going to go start playing its game. And I'm just – I'm not repeating the list because it dropped all in out. Say, say it now. Say it. You know we love you all. There you go. Good night. Love you all, guys. Yep. Shout out to everybody. Hey, if anyone does recipiate this, you know, this was a pretty good episode to tune into if you want some, like, KNF tech, you know, whatever, what this plant does and that plant does. I, I don't know. I feel like this is a good information episode if you can receive this if this isn't like black hole from the stupid youtube google hole uh this was a fun episode i felt like a lot of good information was passed through from everyone so absolutely absolutely that might be the reason why it's going to be hard to find uh hopefully it's not hopefully it's not we need to get smiley's episode back out of fucking the black hole. That's uh, that sucks. That sucks, brother. I honestly, man, I'm more bummed for for Josh. That was kind of his first time on, too. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. That sucks. Hopefully, hopefully we can get him back on because it was a great episode. A lot of good information. You know. 
What's bummer is, I, you know, I always kind of look at the organics takeover as, you know, a little bit of a night off or a chance to take, you know, a few minutes off. But I always end up sitting right here listening, <laughs> listening and learning and hanging out and chat. So, you know, thank you, brother. I always learn shit, man, when I take over time. Thank Appreciate you, man. It. I always learn shit. It's an opportunity for me. So I appreciate the, the thought you you asking me to so because i wouldn't have considered even doing it honestly yep all right guys i'm peacing out thanks to uh you eagle thanks to smiley thanks to rez thanks to everyone else that was in the chat jack greenstock who else popped in here i i don't know i'm uh world's Canada last Trooper. World's Trooper. yeah okay so My shout out lady. to everyone i love all you guys you guys are awesome and uh shout outs to everyone in chat and uh, i'll see you guys on another one okay so peace out have a good one red bill thank you yep thank you guys peace Thank you guys for tuning in tonight, episode 331. Sorry about the nice shout outs, but I'm telling you, I've been here all night long with my camera off and I've been bouncing in and out all night long from internet problems. My landline's still not up. I don't know what in the fuck is going on with my internet connections, but uh, I appreciate all of you guys for tuning in night after night, man guys are some amazing people for sure please join me tonight let me look real quick see who is tonight man march is almost halfway full already uh cheddar bob 13 cheddar bob 13 i just seen you in chat are we confirming you are gonna be here tonight let me see here scroll right there you you are in chat cheddar bob 13 are we confirming Cheddar Bob 13, that you will be my guest tonight, 11.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. Me and Cheddar Bob will be here. Are we confirming, Bob? Are we confirming? (laughs) Hopefully that is true. That is what will be happening tonight. So thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you tonight, nonetheless. Yes, there it is. Let's hear popping in and out of the background. You guys know the routine. If this is the end of your day, please get some rest. If this is the beginning of your journey for this amazing hopefully amazing thursday do something nice for somebody random acts of kindness do save lives i'm a living breathing example of that one at a time we can change each other all together we can change the world you guys have a great night